Boom. Hello and welcome to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast with your host, Byron Rogers. This podcast is dedicated to the executive protection practitioner, the private security professional. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the mental, emotional, psychological, physiological fitness that goes into being an efficient and effective executive protection agent. Whether you're in law enforcement, whether you're a mom that's looking at how to protect your children or a father that's focused on how to protect his family. I believe this podcast has something for all of you. We might even get into some tales from the crypts of true Hollywood stories from time to time. I'm doing this podcast because I feel the reality of this job is simple. If you really want to be good at executive protection, it's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle. And those of you who've been in the game for any serious amount of time, you already know what I'm saying is true. So if that sounds interesting to you, Enjoy the show. Out. Boom. Hey, what's going on, guys? Byron Rogers here back with another episode of Executive Protection Lifestyle. I am here with Toya Piper. Uh, Welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? I'm good. It's an honor to have you here, you know, to have you on here for sure. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. That is what's up. You guys might know her as Trill Toya on Instagram. I think you've got a YouTube channel as well, right? Yes. The YouTube is Task Force Toya. Task Force Toya. That's what's up. Okay. It's a little more serious. <laughs> I mean, it's a little more like, you know. Um, cool. Uh, so one of the things that got me really interested in uh, speaking with you was, let's see here. I got five sisters, right? So I've been protecting. I got five sisters. I was raised by my mom and my grandma. So I've always said guns are the ultimate equalizer, you know, and that's what I always try to teach them. And that's what I'm going to teach my daughters. And I heard that you were actually in um, a shoot where the assailant was armed with an AK-47, was a male with, a, with an AK-47, and you were able to uh, deal with that threat effectively and responsibly with your own firearm. Right. Right? Like, that's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. awesome. Anyways. A crazy start to 2019, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to get into that today, ladies and gentlemen. It's a little sizzled so you all know what's going down. So yeah, that that was that was what got my attention, and I'm proud of you. I think that uh, I'm, I'm really proud of you. So that's that's good stuff. Absolutely. Just another day's work, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's good. Not really, but kind of. No. <laughs> right, funny. right. Like you gotta expect it every day, but it doesn't happen every day. Yeah, no, that's good. No, that mindset's on point, and I totally feel you. Um, so the biggest, I would say, you know, just out the gate, what was the biggest moment for you? Was there any moment in your life that like, really you were like, yo, security is what I want to do. Um, that was like a defining moment for you. How did you know you're a protector? Um, well, I've always been a protector. That's yeah. always been my thing. Um, the first fight I can ever remember getting into some little boy hit my older cousin and I went uh-huh. right up house and beat him up because wow. <laughs> with my cousin <laughs> yeah um, it's just I don't know it's just been something that's always been like sort of innate in me 
And I just, I never shied away from it. It was never anything wrong. You know, I've never been a bully or anything like that. Um, Mm -hmm. I've never picked fights with people. So I've never, you know, used my protector powers for any type of bad. So it's just something I've always flowed with and went with. And I've just always known. And after being in the military, I was just like, wow, I'm a protector. Plus I'm pretty good at this. And I, I like, you know, I like guns. I like fighting. I like knives. I like all of that. So just put it all together. And there just so happened to be a perfect career out there for all of the above. <laughs> ah, that's perfect. That's said perfectly. That I mean, that's a lot like mine too. I got out of the military and I was like, well, what am I going to do now? You know, how am I going to justify all of this crazy stuff I love doing? <laughs> As right, a <civilian>. Exactly. <laughs> Right. So, yeah, no, that's cool. I like that transition. Who would you say you are at your core? Um, I'm Trill Toya. Okay. What does that mean? You <laughs> I know? Hate to like that. It's just, you know, like, like, I don't know if you've ever heard someone say you can't give yourself a nickname. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Oh, so, I mean, I didn't give, I actually, one of my good friend's mother <laughs> named me Trill Toya. Uh, Trill is like a, sort of younger generation hip-hop reference so mm-hmm. she's pretty cool for even knowing about trill but she was just like toy is just so trill like i mean for people that don't know the definition of trill is true and real and it's just it's always been the perfect name for me you know i've i've never been big on lying i've never faltered about who i am i've always stood ten toes down as they say so it's just I'm Trill Toya. <laughs> I like that. So you're a person that focuses on truth and being real and authenticity. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm not an actress. <laughs> right. No, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have time to to be shielding who I am for the sake of others. And um it's just it's too much it's too much it's just so much easier to be authentic and if anyone has a problem with it then they can have a problem with it yeah i definitely noticed that on your youtube channel instantly i was like yo this chick just does not she is not worried about what other people think she's doing her thing and she's being authentic yeah which I think is a power these days especially while everybody's so worried about presenting such a perfect front you know yeah it's it's difficult sometimes especially with this new following um there's a lot of unsolicited advice and and unsolicited opinions about (laughs) all kinds of things and it's just like nobody cares (laughs) (laughs) yeah cares i think you might have a different dynamic to deal with uh with the unsolicited advice, because, you know, like one, there's always going to be your, 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 your trolls and your like armchair quarterbacks and you're like dudes in their mom's house with their neck beards and their big gulps telling you what you could have, should have, would have done, you know? Right. You know, and they're, they, they just, I haven't had too many run-ins with them or the highly technical guys that like are reading the soldier of fortune magazines like every week. And like, we'll tell you exactly what you should have, but have never done anything themselves. Like no stripes. Right. I feel like men compulsively can, I can say this. I'm a dude. I mean, anyone can say it because I don't care about being PC, but I feel like men have a desire to be like kind of 
telling y'all kind of how to do it. Cause I seen females at the range before and it's like a swarm of bees. Like dudes are all like trying to be ultra helpful. I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like, and I just sit there and I'm like, y'all need to just chill out and mind your business. <laughs> You're making us all look ridiculous. Yep. The range, the gym. <laughs> There's just places where according to some men, a woman is always wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so no dudes, guys, you know, I'm glad you want to be helpful, but maybe, maybe it's a better approach to just, I don't know, demonstrate value. And if your paths cross and you have something valuable to say, then maybe that's better than trying to always like lead all the time. Maybe you don't have to lead. Maybe not leading is actually a sign of strength and confidence, you know? <laughs> maybe just hanging well, out and being cool is good i don't know well a good man can be led by his woman as well as long as she's worthy of leading so man finally there you have it from there you have it good to go no i dig it man i'm totally i'm totally chill like that too like yeah i've got no problem with it. in fact my goal is to always work with and also influence other leaders you know that's the game and that's when you know you're cooking with tartar sauce is when you can be like <laughs> You can give, you know, the reins, you know, Definitely. so that's, it's an interesting dynamic, you know, cause I've seen it play out and it's fun to have you here to ask those kind of questions, you know, <laughs> let's see here. So at your core, your Toya, truth and authenticity are high values of yours. I think that's awesome. Cause today in today's world, everyone's trying to be perfect and they're like fake everything and plastic everything. So I appreciate that. You see me too. Like I'd be in my car, make videos all the time. You know, I, I remember I would get messages from people being like, Hey, are you homeless? And I'm like, no, I'm not homeless. <laughs> they're like, you're always in your car, bro. I'm like, yeah, man, that's cause that's where I like to make my videos. You know what I mean? Y'all need to see my house. Like, maybe you do, but <laughs> you know, are you homeless? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's see here. How did you get into doing what you're doing now? Um, I, uh, I had a friend that I met when I first moved, um, to Northern Alabama where I'm currently located, Okay. Uh, who eventually got into the party promotion, um, lifestyle. And after a few years of that and being successful with it, uh, eventually just went ahead and opened his own club that turned into a, a whole entertainment complex that's like three different clubs right now. And he would do little events before he opened his club and he would ask me if I wanted to work security. I was already doing security. I have this really boring, mostly clerical army contract security job that was like... Okay. They shouldn't even call it security, like but it, it was just help. like, you're like, yeah, it, it was so horrible. It was so boring. I was never going to get to fight anyone. It was never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. So, um, so I would start doing little events for him when he needed female security, because there is absolutely none for nightlife or entertainment in the city. Um, so eventually, like I said, he opened his own club and, uh, opening night, I was there working security in my my blazer and my <laughs> my boots. <laughs> yeah. I just I, I really liked it. You know, I'm I'm not really the most social person, um, mm. especially after getting out of the military. I think most of us experience that. It's kind of difficult to talk to civilians. Um <laughs> uh, yeah. but surprisingly, you know, I actually liked it. You know, 
speaking to all of those people. I think maybe the customer service aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I liked it because I'm good at customer service. So I like doing things that I'm good at, of course. Um, so that plus security, I just, I really took to it. And the next thing you know, every, almost every club in the city was like, hey, uh, we need female security. Can you work this night? And right. the next thing you know, I was working at three different clubs plus events and little things on the side. And just everywhere everyone was going, they were like, didn't I just see you at the other spot? And I'm like, yeah. I, I work here too. So right. it just, it just, I pretty much just kind of got ingrained into the view of what female security is in Huntsville. Okay. What would you say female security is for all the women listening? Like we got to go into this whole part of the whole cookie burger right here. <laughs> like what is like a female's looking to get into security, like female security one one advice to other women that are looking to get into security go um definitely (laughs) depending on what aspect of security you want to get into because it's definitely a broad field um but if you want to be in on the more physical part of security um the more aggressive part of security If if you're not really into it and it's not like your passion find something else honestly, like find something else because it's not easy. If you're an average size woman or even slightly above average size, like I am, I'm about 5'10", 150. You have to work out. These guys can just pick you up like it's nothing. (laughs) You have to work out. You have to train. You have to be dedicated to it. It's a lifestyle pretty much. I have to eat to work security, to maintain weight and to try and gain mass. I have to lift heavy and and do, I have a trainer that gives me specific movements for power, um, for, for bursting power. Uh, everything that you do pretty much, you have to circle it around you doing security. I had a photo shoot where I put a wig on and because the wig was fresh, right? And so we put tape or glue at the hairline of our wigs so that it's seamless. So the tape was fresh and I worked that night. So I was like, man, if I take this tape off, it's going to rip my hair out right here. So I left the wig on. Mm -hmm. All these years of working security, I got first fist fight course. I've ever gotten into at security yeah. and it only takes a little tiny tug and the whole wig was gone <laughs> and wow. I mean that, that's something you know when you're getting ready for work you have to think about like okay you know there's a possibility somebody might get their finger hooked in these and yeah. snap it out there's a possibility somebody might snatch this out or you know mm. my eyelashes may be gone or something so it's just, as a woman, you know, there's a lot of things that we like to do. We like to have our hair nice sometimes. We like to, you know, do our eyebrows, do eyelashes, this, that, and the third. You have to think about all of that from the time that you get up to the time that you go to sleep. You have to think about security. And sometimes even when you're sleeping, you kind of need to be thinking about security. Um, I mean, there's just, it affects every part of your life. I, I'm sure as a male, it affects every part of your life. But I feel like y'all don't have to think as much into it. Uh, A guy that's six foot five, 300 pounds can just go and work security. You know? Yeah, Yeah, he just show up. 
typically, you know, he could probably benefit from some training as well. Mm-hmm. But if that guy needs to remove me from the club, he's going to have absolutely no problem doing it as long yeah. as I'm not armed. No matter right. how skilled I am with my yeah. hand, he's going to pick me like a rag doll and he's going to put me straight out. Yeah. But me trying to put me out of the club with no training is an ordeal. Stop it. Sorry, right. my dog got out of her kennel and she's chewing ammo boxes. <laughs> yeah, the, eh. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Mine's over here having a nightmare. Started barking a few minutes ago. I'm like, <laughs> right now you're having to be, actually, we don't know if they're nightmares. Dogs might just be like having, finally I can bark inside dreams and anyway, grab a hole. I like to think that they're chasing things like chasing bunnies or something. Yeah, like having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. They're just rocking out in an endless field, just running. And just hauling ass. <laughs> yeah, being dogs. No, probably, probably dreaming about not being cooped up. Um, I like what you said though. On the essentially, it's more than just a job. It takes a lifestyle. You know, of course, I got to capitalize on that because that's my tagline. It's too easy. <laughs> right, right. But it's true. A hundred percent. If you want to be at a place psychologically, mentally, emotionally to where you can physically do your job when the time comes, you need the momentum behind you of a life that's dedicated to being able to stop another human being, to being able to, you know, intelligently de-escalate something just verbally even sometimes. Um, I agree 100%. But what you're saying too, with regards to the feminine aspect side of the coin here, like there are a lot of considerations or more considerations, you know, in terms of being able to be prepared to bring your skill sets to bear in these types of situations. Um, if you're on the physical side of security and I couldn't agree with you 100, I mean, I, I agree hundred percent. So in terms of advice for females looking to get into this game, it would be something along the lines of you've got to decide and you've got to know whether or not you're ready to live a life where you're in that preparation. You're, you know, Maybe you do dress differently. You do make different considerations where you go where to work, you know, um, right. and things like that. Is that kind of what you're saying or am I missing something? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. You have to be willing to live security, eat mm-hmm. security. Um, it, it, there's not that many people that are willing to do that to a lot of people. It, it sounds good. You know, uh-huh. it sounds good. I get to be in a club a few nights a week. I was probably going to be in the club anyway, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Just go and, you know, stand in there. But then it's like, oh, man, I'm watching everybody drinking, having a good time. Yeah. I can't drink. Man, I've got this post. And if I leave, somebody, you know, something could happen right here. And I'm not supposed uh-huh. to leave this post. But my friends are over here and I want to go talk to them. Or, you know, man, I just got off it the birds was chirping when I got home yep. I got to night again, but man, I have not been to the gym. I really got to work out. And, you know, it's just, there's a lot of things that you have to do that sometimes you just don't want to do it, but yeah. you have to, because it's not, it's not the same as another job where if you don't want to do it, you call in and you just miss the paycheck for that day, or you use up a sick, a sick day. If, Mm -hmm. if you neglect things on this job, your safety and the safety of others, the safety of your peers that you work security with, who may be doing everything that they're supposed to do. So you're really being selfish and Mm -hmm. not matching their professionalism, but then all of the patrons who are depending on 
security to be on point and do what they do, you're jeopardizing their safety as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's, it's not money on the line, it's lives. Yep, that's what's up. Sense of duty, that's good stuff, absolutely. And the thing about club security, it ain't no joke. It is not a joke. It is not a joke. Like sometimes I'll be hearing EP dudes that like kind of like turn their nose up to club security. Like, uh, you know, well, we are EP or whatever. Bruh, on the EP detail, most of them, more than likely you're just going to ha- have your day and probably something's not, not been on your threat level on your client. Nothing's going to happen most of the time. At any given night in a club, there almost almost will be a fight. It almost for sure is going to be a fight. Like you, you probably have to go hands on at some point in time, and it's going to be real. And you probably ain't going to be able. I mean, your de escalation is like visual cues, loud music, and stuff can like you mess up and not break the fight up or break it up the wrong way. You got two dozen people fighting. This is some Spartan fight stuff could happen any Friday. <laughs> you know. It's not cake. Okay? Yeah, man. It and is. you're stuck there all night, like for until the morning. <laughs> yep, until the morning. And Damn. if something happens, it could be even longer if you've got to talk to police about something. Yes. <laughs> and of course, it's going to happen towards the end of the shift when everybody's mad, going home alone, and there's some drama in the parking lot. That's when they like to start it in the parking lot. Nobody um, fights from 10 to 12. Yeah, man. <laughs> Nobody. Mm-hmm. No, that's yeah. The truth. It's uh, I would say the nights when we have a celebrity come and mm-hmm. like the club owners or or someone they they know what I'm trying to do, so they're like, hey, when like when the celeb gets here, you're on them from mm-hmm. the time they get out. You're escorting them in the whole nine. Those are my easy nights. Mm-hmm. The you know holding holding girls back with arms wide open for. For uh, what's the little boy's name? Um, for Key Glock's whole performance yeah. was far easier than stopping fifteen girls from fighting in the parking lot on a Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> right, and stopping girl fights. I don't know why, but personally, it's just more complicated than stopping dude fights. <laughs> in my experience, are nuts. Right, girls are crazy. Let me tell you, the other night, okay, so um, for people who watch my uh, my Instagram, mm-hmm. I work at Taco Tuesdays, okay? Taco Tuesdays go nuts. Right. <laughs> Taco Tuesdays go nuts. They have $2 tequila, and it's like the cheapest, most horrible tequila, and it seeps into people's veins, and it's like they're possessed. I'm and telling- when you hear those specials, like the two-for-ones or the $2, that's when you know it's going to be a rowdy night. Anytime there's some specials going on. <laughs> yep, get ready for it. So there's this fight. Towards the end of the night, of course, it's like 120. No one mm-hmm. fights from 10 to 12. It's like 120. Club closes at 2 o'clock. And all these girls get into it. It gets out into the parking lot. The police are out there. And um, I go to the girls. I'm the type of security. I try to work with everyone. I don't mm-hmm. want to see anyone go to jail if it's unnecessary. I feel like fighting is a natural thing for humans to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm complete. If it were up to me. I would be just let fight it out. Cordoning <laughs> off the area and being like, y'all go ahead. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> right. But we can't do that. So anyways, I'm walking around to all these little different clusters of groups of people getting ready to just clash. And I'm like, y'all, chill. The police are out here. Y'all don't want to go to jail. Yeah, yeah. 
calm down, chill. I look at this one girl, she's like the main one ready to charge like a Brahma bull. And I'm like, listen, we are not doing this tonight. She looked around at the whole scene. I'm talking about police cars, everything. She said, Oh, yes, we are. (laughs) I said, Oh, these people are crazy. Oh my gosh. Typical, typical Tuesday nights. <laughs> and it was a slow Tuesday at Taco Tuesday, you know. Oh, man. And that that's club stuff, man. I remember I worked uh, some clubs in Miami for a few years, and I just was like, but it was also like learning at, and it was like learning at a hyper speed because like I went from EP into club security in Miami back into EP, obviously doing the little bit of EP while I was over there as well. Um, but it was like, you're constantly dealing with friction, constantly dealing with people that were uh, inebriated and not all there, constantly dealing with dangerous situations. And um, man, I think it's a fantastic training ground just to up your, cause you're going to do more security at venues like that. than you are, if you're at some cushy corporate EP job, uh, in terms of like the actual high friction aspects of security, you know, also, yeah, learn your advanced work and learn all the like, you know, more kind of, um, you know, schoolboy type stuff as well. But there's a, there's, there's a place for like, yo, you ever got hands on yet? Put this dude in the club for a little bit. You know I mean? Go on tour for a little bit. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. I feel like I, I don't, I definitely don't want to seem like brash or arrogant or anything like that. But I just feel like after a few years of being in the clubs I've been in, like, put me anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that plus Iraq, like, I ain't scared of nothing. Put me wherever. I don't care. Yeah. Okay. What is, what was your, what's your tactical background? Um, other than currently, um, everything that I do as far as security wise, um, I was an 88 Mike truck driver in the army. Okay. Um, I had the blessings of being put into an infantry unit where they were very gung ho about their support being just as infantry as they were. So trained with our guys. Um, we trained, we did the same types of training that they did. Uh, We went out on mission. They ambushed us so that we could get things right, all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, I was blessed to be put into the unit that I was put into. Shout out to 227 Wolfhounds. Um, (laughs) That's what's up. Because I really got a different Army experience than most people that aren't infantry, but then as a woman that couldn't even be infantry at that time. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really got as much of the infantry experience as I could have. I mean, cause if I was a guy, I definitely would have You'd have been like, I get it. Yeah. Go as deep <laughs> Most as I definitely. Can. Yeah. I would have went in and just been gung ho and you know, mm-hmm. all about everything. But luckily I got put in two, two, seven and it was, it was great. I learned so many things, so many things that I still know secondhand. Good. That you've held, the skills that you've held on to. Mm-hmm. What would you say you, the military, are there any skills that stand out that you learn from the military that have translated into your work as a security professional? Um, <laughs> how to move in a room full of men. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a good one. Uh, honestly, if, if you break it down and not, if you cannot, 
manage to maneuver properly in a male-dominated workspace, mm-hmm. it's just the same. It's just as heavy as if you're not willing to make security your lifestyle. If you can't move properly in a male-dominated workspace, find something else because it's it, it's it's challenging for the strongest of women. Um, I mean, in an infantry battalion, I, I don't know how they look these days um, now that women can be infantry. But it, okay, so when I was in, we we weren't even in the unit that we were in on paper. On paper, we were in the support battalion. Um, but in actuality, we were in the infantry unit because this, this was 2008, 2009, we weren't allowed to be in an infantry unit. So that's how male dominated we were. Like there was a whole handful of women, uh, only a couple of them wanted to work and, I'm just going to say I was the hardest working one when I was there. That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah, they can DM you if they want to talk about it later. Right. <laughs> you know where um, to find me. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to be a hardworking woman in a male-dominated workplace, you're going to stand out. Um, and even if you stand out in a positive way, it's going to draw negative attention still just because you're there and you have a vagina. Um, and it just is what it is. You can't stop it. You can't HR it to death. Uh, it's one of those things that, you know, you can't forget all the political correctness, forget human resources department and the whole nine. Deal with it. Punch them in the gut. Nut check them or something. Deal with the, the way that the guys deal with it. Because if you don't, it's just, it's going to eat you up. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not the easiest thing to deal with all the time. Um, I've had a, I had a situation in Iraq where me and another girl had to team together to file a report on this guy that assaulted both of us because we were afraid no one would believe us because that's the status quo in dominated, male dominated workplaces. Um, and, and that's two strong women who are in a combat zone, which means they're carrying around a, an M4 at all times. And a man still felt so brash as to assault them. Um, So, I mean, you have to deal with things like that. Um, And then just little comments here and there about different things, all the way down to men trying to be too uh, chivalrous and trying to do too many things for you. It's like, guy, we've been working together this whole time. You know damn well I can pick this up stop Mm -hmm. offering. I appreciate it. The first, the second, even the third time it was nice and I appreciate it, but stop. We've been working together for a year. Okay. I'm, I'm equal to you, sir. If anything, I've saved your life. I'm equal to you. Stop trying to make it seem like, and you don't even probably realize that you're doing it, but you're making it seem like I'm incapable of doing this. I've been proving it to you that I'm capable of doing it several times over. However, just because of the fact of me being a woman, you still have this feeling of you still have to try to do this for me. You do not. I got it. Hmm. There's so much programming. You know, there's so much your mama told you to my mom. I open doors for emails all the time. Uh, so I, I can, I kind of like that last one. I was like, well, geez, man, <laughs> you know, but well, at the see, same and it's, time, it's fine line. there's a fine line. 
Exactly. Yeah, it's a fine line. I say thank you, and I yeah. smile pleasantly when a man opens the door for me. I appreciate all of it. Mm. I'm a Southern woman. I was raised yeah. by my grandma. Mm. I believe in modern relationships, but I still believe in traditional gender roles. Yeah. However, I feel like when the person has shown you that that's not what they need from you mm-hmm. and and that they're just as capable as you, if not more capable of doing the same task at some point, stop offering mm-hmm. because now I'm starting to not necessarily get offended, but something along those it's lines. Like in the way of working. Right. <laughs> it, let's yeah. just work. Let's yeah. just work. I think, yeah, the workplace... It's much more complicated with those things. And then also I think too, so kind of what I guess I hear you saying too, is like for women in the workplace with um, within a male dominated uh, situation, it's important to have boundaries, like to let people know where those boundaries are. You know what I mean? Cause everyone's coming from their own experience. You know, like you might have a dude who really genuinely thinks he's doing a good thing by being helpful all the time. Or you might have Mr. Mr. Overly helpful because he's got an inferiority complex or, you know, or you might have these, these different issues that arise because of it, your presence. Uh, and you might have the creeper dude who just can't deal with himself and doesn't know how to like, just be respectful and responsible and, you know, appreciate rather than creep. But so with all those situations, it sounds like being able to have clear boundaries so everyone knows like, this is what's okay. This is what's not okay. You act like this, we're cool. You act like this, it's just going to be weird, <laughs> you know? Right. And, then, and then a plan to reinforce those responsibly um, is a good idea. Yeah. I mean, you have to be mature. Everyone has to be mature about the situation. If yeah. someone tries to lift up something for me because they think that it's too heavy for me, but really it's lightweight, mm. it's it's not for me to turn around and snarl at them. Mm. Who do you think you are? I got this. Mm. You know, that that's that's not appropriate just because I know I'm capable. Um, mm. just like I said, the first, the second, the third time, I'll smile and smile and say thank you. Mm. But after saying thank you the third time, you know, because we are two mature adults in the workplace, mm. I should be able to come to you and be like, listen, I understand that you're, you're trying to be nice. Um, uh, you're, you're just being a gentleman, this, that, and the third, and that's great. And you should definitely do that for other women, but I don't need you to do that for me. And, and, and we'll be able to respect that and, and move on. Right. Yeah. I like this. This is respectful and respectable. I dig it. And yeah, no, I agree 100%. Absolutely. The, um, I think, and too, there's just so much like hesitancy and like insecurity around like being able to make these movements. So I think it's good that we're able to like kind of talk about what should and shouldn't be acceptable. Um, And this goes really into what your initial point was, learning how to move in a male-dominated workspace. Because really, your success can be very greatly impacted um, by these social dynamics, the social dynamics involved in this. <clears throat> you know? Um, uh, it, it, will, it can make or break you. I've, I've seen it myself several different times, like some of the worst examples I could think of it, it, it will make or break you. I've, mm-hmm. I've seen lives end over, over women in, in a male dominated workplace. It's like, how do you mean? Give us some examples. Um, now when I say lives end, I mean, literally, 
literally someone is is not with us anymore. Hmm. Um, I, uh, without getting too much in on, on the situation, um, and for people in the in the army community and uh, military community, a lot of people know about it. Um, <clears throat> hmm. My uh, my sergeant major um, actually killed himself in the middle of our deployment. Okay. Um, there were just some things going on behind the scenes. A lot of he say, she say. Mm-hmm. Um, sergeant major? Sergeant major. <sighs> Golly. Uh, I guess just with with the deployment and everything. We didn't have the worst deployment, but we were mm-hmm. in the in the MND North hotspot at the time. So I I just I mean who's to say what goes on in someone's head in those final moments? But mm-hmm. it, everything was just all the hearsay, the deployment. It was just all too much, and and he mm-hmm. decided to take his life. Um, a lot of people that were remaining in the battalion afterwards got placed elsewhere. Um, and I'll just say that it was a situation that I was able to avoid because I, I was able to avoid being involved in it in any aspect whatsoever. No hearsay, no nothing. No he say, she say, no nothing. Strictly off of understanding how to move in a male-dominated workplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you were going to give some like tips, some things like how to, what would you say to women out there, you know, you know for guys doing X, Y, and Z, Maybe it's more beneficial to approach things this way. Um, every every situation is different. Everyone mm-hmm. is different. Some people come to you with things and it appears to be completely innocent and the mm-hmm. intention is actually nothing but malicious. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, it's going to seem, you know, because of the people who come to you with malicious intent in the past, some people are going to come to you and they could probably help you and they want nothing but to help you or to just be kind and, you know, make work go by as smoothly as possible. And you're going to shun that person because you feel like they have malicious intent because you've been burned before. Mm -hmm. Um, So really you just, you have to, it sucks, but you have to tread lightly Mm -hmm. Um, until, until those guys get to where they're your brothers um, even though there's still always going to always have sex with you. Remember that. Remember that. It will still always have sex with you, okay? So the, for, the younger women, for the younger women who, who get in there and they get to the, the brethren status. And, and they and think it's all good. No. No, girl. No, girl. Oh, man. It's just always that thing is there, man. It's just it. <laughs> always there you know you're you're never not gonna have a vagina okay right so <laughs> just deal with it accept it <laughs> deal with it. it's the you, most yeah i mean it's the most important most sought after natural resource of humanity in the universe you're just walking yeah, around with it <laughs> The oldest profession we know of. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? No game. Think you just walk away from this? No. Yeah. <laughs> so essentially, really, and I think this is for sure true. You're kind of talking about learn from your experiences, understand some rules, you know, um, but also trust. I don't know if I'd say trust your instincts, but um, you really have to tread lightly and and be thoughtful about your relationships 
and the way you interact with people and your boundaries and things like this. Yeah, definitely. Stick to your boundaries until you know people better. And even when you think you know people better, listen to your gut. If you feel like, oh, I've worked with this person for a year. I know them pretty well. I'm sure they wouldn't do this, that, or the third. Like, take a second thought, like, how well do I really know this person? Yeah. And, and then think about it, because you you might, you know, trust someone too too much, and next thing you know, you're raped or something, you know? It's real. I hate to say it so nonchalantly, but... Yeah, it is real. It is and... Yeah, and, you know, double psych major... Uh, sex is one of the, it's like, if not the, one of the top drivers of human behavior. So, um, it's not weird. It's human behavior. It's, it's it's just the way we're designed. Uh, that one drive is, that's like paramount. It's an apex drive. Like it's up towards the top of the things that drive our behavior in many different ways. So just respect it, understand it and act accordingly. Um, Exactly. You know. And don't be so offended by it. I think that's, yeah, like, that's a very important thing for, for, for women. And it's just so many different key components to moving properly in, in that yeah. workplace. I mean, because like I said, you can't HR this. They're, mm. And they're going to say stuff. They're going to. <laughs> Everyone let something slip out every once in a while. <laughs> right. I mean, honestly, with me, like, I mean, I'm already a tomboy. Before yeah. I ever was army my dad called me his junior when i came out a boy instead i mean a girl instead of a boy uh-huh. <laughs> you know he didn't get the boy he just had me and so he had his um son like 18 years later so i've wow. always been like a boy so it wasn't that hard for me to adjust to talking to guys mm-hmm. but still sometimes guys say things to where i'm like i cannot believe you just said that to me right with a straight <laughs> like, face right and is like sometimes they legit say stuff and they look over and they're like, I forgot you were here. <laughs> like I, I didn't know. Wait a minute. <laughs> My bad. You just, you blend into the conversation so well. I just mm-hmm. forgot you were here. I have maybe, legit, I have, really, I've legit heard more than one guy loosely admit to rape because he forgot that I was there. Jeez. Um, I, guys say stuff to where like, you can almost see them kind of tense up when like I move in the corner or something and they're like, Oh shit. <laughs> it was here. <laughs> or some, of them will just, some of them will just turn around and they'll remember as soon as they say it and they'll turn. I'm sorry, baby. I, I forgot you were here. Yeah. You know? So I can tell when they forget that I'm here and it's, it's cause I know how to move, but yeah. it's also like, I'm not just quiet or, offended for every little thing you say someone might walk in and she got a big old ass or something like that and every guy out there is like you know watching her walk in or watching me search her or something like that and come on guys i can tell you guys i want to say something so i'll turn around i'm like boy she had an ass on oh man and they appreciate it because every it's real like everyone's like that's real and it's right there Exactly. We all see it. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's true. That's funny. That's good. Uh, 
don't be so fragile. Cause that's really what it is on our end. We're like, Oh no, like this chick's going to make this into a big deal. I could get in trouble. And then you're like a downer to be around. Cause then everyone's like, we can't be dudes and like, whatever. Now you gotta be worried about everything. I want to offend everybody, you know? Um, (laughs) And that, I get it because some there are women that will HR you to death. Yeah, they will. And, and I've seen some of those women provoke those situations. It's not mm-hmm. always provoked, but I've seen it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I get it. I I understand things on both ends, mm-hmm. and and that's really important. Um, understand things on both ends, and it'll it'll help you tread properly. That's awesome advice with anything when it has to do with, with your enemy, with anything. If you can understand both sides, you have an elevated perspective. It's just a wiser, more mature, more holistic, uh, more well-grounded perspective. That's great advice. Understand both ends. Yeah, no, that's what's up. Uh, do you have like a mantra or a quote? That's your favorite quote. <laughs> <laughs> necessarily a mantra um mm-hmm. i have to tell myself don't react huh okay I, uh, everything irritates me Listen, <laughs> i've been i've been out of the army for almost 10 years okay uh-huh. irritate the crap out of me um i don't know if i've just maintained my 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 whore for so long because yeah. i came out and went straight into something similar um, I mean, but also my my family is all military. You okay. know, it's how I came up. My yeah. grandparents raised me. My granddaddy was a retired command sergeant major, thirty five years in the military. So oh. I mean, it's pretty much bred into me. Yeah. Um, so I just there it is. There's the not reacting happening right now. <laughs> There's the thinking before acting. Think of like the right way to say it to where I don't sound just absolutely loony. Harsh. I yeah. mean, sometimes I feel loony. You know, sometimes yeah. someone will just say or do something so small. And in my head, I'm like, now why would you go and do some old dumb shit like that? And I <laughs> yeah. want to say it and I want to like fix your deficiencies. Yeah, you like know? fix yourself. Stop being nasty. Right. Right. <laughs> fix yeah, yeah, stop being nasty. <laughs> hey, like, close your mouth. <laughs> right. And in my head, I'm just like, don't react. Don't yeah. React. I mean, I just, uh, especially, I mean, at the club with, with patrons, drunk patrons, uh, people always tell me like, I really love, especially women, because they're not used to female security. I really love having you here as female security. You're so understanding. You're so this, you're so that. I'm understanding because of that don't react voice. Yeah, that's in your head right now. That voice saves everyone because there's always stuff that happens where I constantly just want to slap the shit out of people. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this is true. And I just, I just, in my head all the time, don't react. Don't Mm. react. I've almost don't reacted myself to a point where I'm numb almost. Mm. Yeah. But it's better than the reaction. Yeah. And then like, like literally King Kong is fighting gods. Like something's happening and everyone's like freaking out and you're just kind of like, like you run around, you come around the corner and it's like, is anyone going to die? Is this really a security concern? If it's not a security concern, I, it could be the craziest thing ever. And I'll just be like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's good. But that don't react is good because it gives you a second to pause and think and process 
and then come up with the best way to deal with whatever it is. Is it even your problem? Should another department deal with it? You know, all these different things. Um, this don't react thing is very good. I like that a lot. You know, that's useful for everybody. Uh, I can think of a few people, I hope, listen to this and uh, use that <laughs> and take that person yeah. and they're going to know who they are right now while I'm talking. Yeah, yeah, we know, we know yeah. who we are. We just all have to find a different way to deal with ourselves. Yeah, really, to get the same result, you know, um, to get that good result. We have, have different tools we have to use. What would you, so what's your training regimen like? What's the, um, what's it? What's it? Well, right now I just kicked up work a little bit. Um, so it, it's kind of been slow a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. However, uh, I go to the range every week. Um, if it's not at least every week, it's always uh, finances permitting, finances and time permitting. Mm -hmm. um, but I go to the range every week, um, indoor range, which you're kind of restricted at. Um, I get to the outdoor range with my NRA instructor. Um, who is range 351 on Instagram. Uh, Y'all got to go check him out. He's awesome. awesome. Um, but I, I get with him as often as possible. He has a range out in the country that's outdoors and he moves the targets different places. So it's like never the same range when we go awesome. out. So that's really awesome. I love going out there and he's a great teacher within like two hours of working with him. He had me shooting impeccably better. Um, wow. Uh, other than that, I also work with a trainer uh, for my physical aspect. Um, that's grindfitness.co on Instagram. Plug away. Plug everybody. <laughs> this is what we do here. Um, Plugs and rabbit holes are welcomed always. Right. Rabbit trails. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, yeah, I work with my trainer. I try to work with him at least three times a week. Um, Sometimes we might have time to get one more in. Sometimes it might be one less, just depending mm -hmm. on our schedules. But um, he works with me on um, some hand-to-hand -hand combat boxing, mostly okay. um, is more his uh, expertise. Uh, and as far as weightlifting, heavy lifting um, with explosive um, explosive movements, mm -hmm. uh, work on like pushing people out of the club. I give him a goal of what I want physically. I tell him I want to be able to throw an average size man out of the club, literally yeah. like yeah. how they uh, used, to, used to throw Jazzy Jeff out the house on Fresh Prince. I want <laughs> yeah. to literally be able to pick up a guy and just toss him out the club. Myself. Yeah. All right. So he gives me a regimen based on what I say I Those want to requirements. do. Um, and then I also, um, I've, definitely been slacking on my hand-to-hand -hand combat uh lately mm -hmm. i always yeah. try to work on basic maneuvers um like a removing hold standing like blocking choking and you know all of that um uh, moving a handgun from someone uh and blocking punches let me tell you if i get in a fight i am gonna get hit <laughs> yeah i i feel like i don't know if it's that i because i used to think i had a slow reaction time but uh -huh. i'm under now, I don't have a slow reaction time. I think that it's just that I don't care about getting hit. Really? <laughs> up with that. But um, yeah, I always try to work on the basic little maneuvers, blocking punches and strikes and things like that. Uh, but um, I, I work with um, concealed tactical training on Krav Maga uh, okay. here in Madison, Alabama. And I'm also about to start working with uh, 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu soon as well. Nice. Um, so I'll start trying to incorporate both of those instead of just Krav because I had just started leaning over to just the Krav side. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and other than that, uh, I'm, I'm a prepper. I'm a survivalist. Yes. So, Outstanding. <laughs> so I, as far as training for that, um, I have a yard, I have a house with a yard and stuff. So I do as much as, you know, you can do just with a, just a yard. Um, yeah. I, I just, I read and, and prep and buy stuff and do little stuff at home as much as I can a lot with the prepping thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but other like you're, that, you called it prepping. So, you know, like you're serious. Like I'm a prepper. Oh <laughs> yeah, definitely. I've got, I was just talking to someone about this the other day. Matter of fact, it was, um, uh, uh, Matt range 351 and, um, yeah. and Eric, uh, from 10th planet jujitsu. Yeah. We were talking about having a, a bug out bag in your car at all times. Heck yeah. Uh, how, I mean, how could you not, you know, like, yeah. How many movies have we seen where they're driving and the road is crumbling underneath them and they're barely getting the back tires off the yeah. uh, ground, you know? I mean, it sounds silly to compare something to a movie, but ain't nothing new under the sun. Yeah. So, and yeah, if, if, if the shit hits the fan while I'm in my car, I don't want to have to go home if I don't have to. You there might not be home there to go to, for all you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I'm, I'm prepped out. There's stuff in in every every aspect of this home. There is something concerning being prepared. There's even a hammer by my front door because I don't want to just sit a gun there and just leave it there. Yeah, everything. This house is prepped out. That's what's up. No, I love that. That's good to go. I'm kind of the same way. You know, what I'm saying I. Uh, I'm sure there's, there's like some, at what point do you become a prepper? Like at what point, like, is it like, like I'm prepared, I got stuff, but is there like a certain thing? Like if you see somebody, you're like, it's another prepper right there. Like, is there something in the arsenal that makes it like you've crossed over into the, you're serious. I think that when you are to the point where you have not just one or two items that have multi-purpose uses, um, when you've got several items where it's like, well, I pack this because I can do this, 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 this with it. Yeah. Four items that you can build a mansion off of and have aqueducts and a fire with. Yeah. Inside your car or something. Right. Like these things do everything. Right. I don't need your microwave. Right. Right. Exactly. So then one of the one of the things I get hit up all the time about, and this is something that you can hopefully speak to too, is EDC, uh, your everyday because you're CCW, right? Yes. Awesome. So, uh, EDC considerations for the fe- for anyone, just your EDC considerations, and then we'll go into feminine considerations. EDC, what do you carry? Why do you carry it? Um. Okay. So. I don't have an EDC. Okay, um, break it down. This really, like you said, is because of the, the feminine aspect of it. Uh, my EDC, well, I guess I won't say my EDC. What I'm carrying depends on my wardrobe. Mm, okay. um, it depends on what kind of bag I've got with me. If I even have a bag with me, I don't carry a purse. I'm not a purse girl. Um, so, uh, recently I've started wearing a fanny pack actually, because so many girls pants don't have belt loops, don't have a waistband strong enough to support carrying a gun. Um, they, they don't have pockets. 
they don't they just they don't have anything they're just a piece of stupid cloth covering our pretty cloth right (laughs) that's it they're like girls are so stupid with the fake pockets i remember the first time i realized they have fake pockets i was so upset i was like with my wife i was like seriously this is in a pocket like i was like this is what is this even here for fake pockets what's even worse than fake pockets is pockets that you think oh i finally got real pockets and they're like the little (laughs) what can i put in here i can't even put a quarter in here without worrying about it falling out what is this that's so true and basically all it is is it's a more sophisticated better fake pocket (laughs) right like gotcha yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) that storage space but you don't. <laughs> exactly. Right. So um, you you build it out around your wardrobe, which probably depends on where you're going. Yep, exactly. Um, it depends on where I'm going. Uh, if I'm going to work, it depends on what my role is going to be that night. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> if I'm with a celebrity, uh, I'm going to wear a blazer that night. Uh, so I may appendix carry because my, my blazer is going to be closed up over it. Mm-hmm. Um, if I know I'm going to be somewhere where there's a bigger crowd, um, not only am I walking with my arm by my side pretty much all night, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm also uh, using my uh, my level two holster instead of the holster that I appendix carry with. Um, and my wardrobe is going to be different. I'm not going to have a blazer. I'm going to have more of like a combat uniform on. Okay. Um, if I'm if I'm going out and about, if I'm going to the gym, or I'm going to the grocery store and I've just got on. Um, a tank top that's not long enough to pull over, long enough or loose enough to pull over so that I don't print. Um, mm-hmm. I might just throw my 380 in my pocket or uh, use my can-can concealment uh, waistband and put it in there or something. Can-can um, concealment, that's a, like a belly band? Um, <laughs> yes, can-can concealment uh, is, they're really great. Um, I uh, got to talk to them for a good little minute, actually, at SHOT Show. Uh, mm-hmm. I talked to, um, what's her name, uh, Darlene. She was really super nice. Darlene at Can-Can Concealment. Um, and uh, they're so sweet. Uh, they they hooked me up with, um, I'm trying to think of what the name of it is, because they've got more than one um, different mm-hmm. kind. Um, I want to say it's the Deluxe, the Deluxe Hip Hugger uh, uh, waistband. It's got so many different compartments on it. I I did a review on it that I actually have to redo and post because the review was too long for me to post it Um, because I just couldn't stop talking about it. I love it. Uh, I had two I had two guns on me with two extra magazines. I had lip gloss, money. Um, my, all of my cards that I needed, my, my fire, my insurance card for my, uh, USCCA, uh, my, my pistol permit, my security license, my ID, my debit card. I had all of that on me and I still had an empty pocket. Um, and, and you couldn't tell, uh, you, if with a, with a blazer on, um, with regular pants, it's like, uh, um, it's almost like a, it's almost like a corset, but it's just the bottom half of the corset. Yeah, and okay. It, and it's beautiful too. It's nice. It's embellished, um, uh, and it's it's got so many different pockets. And you pull your pants over it, and then you pull your your shirt down regular. And you know, if someone's not thinking like, oh, I wonder if this woman's carrying or not, they might just think like, if you've got a bigger gun on you, like if you've got a large 
inches or nine millimeter or something like that on you, they might just think oh, it's just your shirt sticking out in the back or something. But like a, a 380, uh, two 380s, you could easily carry two 380s four extra magazines and and no one would know it's just it's the greatest thing ever um i really really love it and they've got little garters that you can put up (laughs) and everything for when you wear dresses i hooked up for with them for when i when whenever i end up doing um vip security for if i ever have like a celebrity who wants me to be um covert Mm-hmm. And we're going out to an event, you know, the club or something where I need to look like she's really looking. streamlined. Yeah. Right. If I need to have on, you know, a cocktail dress or something like that, mm-hmm. they have the products that I need to be able to properly conceal to where no one's going to know that I've got this on me. They're just going to think that I'm her homegirl and really I'm packing and you can act. Yeah. Up. <laughs> um, so that, yes. that was really what made me interested in can-can concealment at first. And then I got the product and I was like, man, I actually really do like this thing. Yeah. So now I just, if I don't have any pockets and I need to go somewhere and that 380 has got to come on me, I throw that thing on. Awesome. That's what's up. Um, so knives, um, kni- knives and extra magazines are tricky. Okay. I've been actually looking into like the uh, the scuba um scuba knives. Mm-hmm. Uh a little tricky to get to. So when you when you're scuba diving, they have uh knives that you can strap to your leg or strap to yeah. your arm um just <laughs> over your suit so it's real easy to get to it real quick and unsheathe. Mm-hmm. Um it, it's a little tricky having a, a fitting jacket, you know what I mean, or something on and having it where you can get to it. But with some little tweaks here and there, uh, you kind of figure out how to carry. I have a Gerber ghost knife um, that I found on Amazon that came with an ankle sheath that is supposed to be for scuba diving. But I really, really love the knife. Um, There's not really any type of security retention system to it, but it's all black and the sheath is all black. And hmm. I always wear all black. So most people don't even know that I have it on, but it does click into the sheath mm-hmm. and drawing it from an angle that's not the wearer's angle is difficult. Um, okay. You have to think to pull it out. So I wear that. Um, <laughs> I wear that a lot uh, just because sometimes I, I have a small waist. Uh, an mm-hmm. extra magazine and a pistol kind of takes up my entire waist. So it's like yeah. some people have it's all the real estate where they've got two extra magazines, a knife, the pistol, flashlight. Right. That thing's going to go around. It's going to be like a skirt on me. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean, things change for wardrobe, for size. Uh, so, yeah, EDC is kind of impossible. Yeah. I, it's like a very fluid thing for you, for you. Yeah. I, I, um, I arrange all of my tactical stuff that I use daily, like mm-hmm. I arrange my clothes and I pick out my outfit and I lay that out and I pick out what I'm having for self-defense that day. And I lay that out as well. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You should do a video on like EDC for like, you know, for the feminine and kind of show like this whole process, you know, yeah. I think. <laughs> I think it would be a great, you know. Like, have you ever seen the movie Clueless? It's a really girly movie. I wouldn't be surprised if you have. Yeah, I got. I had to see it when I, <laughs> my little sisters and stuff. I remember that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Where she's like on the computer because she's all rich, checking yeah. out 
got a picture of her and her outfits are coming by like <laughs> yeah I like this yeah I don't like this and then you go to her her closet and her clothes are on like a turntable and they're just going Jeez. around for her to pick it like yeah I need to I need to do a video like I'm share I'm tactical <laughs> there you go that's what's <laughs> up yeah so okay so it's is there any are there any other specific items that you have really come to appreciate in terms of um do you keep a light source on you any medical stuff any of that stuff um yes all of the above Mm -hmm. uh okay so for a while i was operating um well i still use it uh because Mm -hmm. i mean it's practical but i have a um a little kit that i actually this is the prepper in me um i have a little (laughs) kit that i took from um the t-mobile phones that we used to get the um i can't even remember what it's called but it was like one of the first uh one of the first smartphones that T-Mobile came out with, which was crazy. I I deployed and I came back and there were smartphones. It was like, oh man, this is nuts. That's crazy. That is exactly (laughs) what happens. And I remember we were like iPhone or this other thing with a stylus. And we were like, well, even before that, there was like those little Nokias. They were like this, you know, like just a little square, you know? So I took the the T-Mobile phone case, which is actually a pretty sturdy little case. And I just, I stuffed it with everything that I need. Um, the combat application tourniquet, um, gauze, bandages, um, uh, disinfectant in case there's bodily fluids, mm-hmm. uh, rubber gloves, uh, freaking uh, uh, bandanas, bandanas okay. for extra, extra tourniquets just in case, tourniquets or um, pressure dressings, just yeah. all kinds of stuff. Um, okay. put, so it's like a little giddy goody um emergency kit um and i also um just recently got a a tourniquet holster from chaos concealment um and uh surprise surprise he sent an extra tourniquet with it so i got an extra tourniquet now and it's like an upgraded cat tourniquet because you know they are always upgrading medical supplies right Um, this one is like it has a red tab on on it um and it has a little thing where you can mark the time, yeah, on, the time there. on there i was yeah. totally gonna go old school and do it on the <laughs> but um uh yeah so I, I always carry that uh my medical kit stays on me at all times um just in case i have to shoot someone and give them aid or right if, if yeah. anything happens like a car accident I, it's odd the amount of people that i've heard who have had to sit and and wait and hold someone's hand or something after they w- witnessed a car accident and the person died and mm-hmm. i'm you know i just think a lot of the times you know i wonder like how much of the aid that that person needed was ca- you were capable of that you know uh, i would never say that to that person to make them feel like oh it's your fault they're dead yeah. but <laughs> in my head i'm thinking like man you know if we were all trained in this, like we could probably be saving lives out here as regular yeah. people. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, that, uh, so yeah, I've always normally got two tourniquets on me plus a little bit of extra stuff. Um, I, I do escalation of force, uh, for my vehicle. So if I've got my 380 on me personally, because mm-hmm. I don't have the proper attire to carry something bigger then whatever's bigger is in the car. Okay. But yeah, oh uh, yeah, escalation of force. If I if I've got my little three eighty on me, I've always got something bigger. Yeah. Um, on Saturdays, if if I'm at the club and it's like a, a good Saturday, you know, 
know, we know that we're expecting a crowd. If mm-hmm. I've got my nine, then there's something bigger than that in the car mm-hmm. um, so later on in the night, typically my shotgun in my trunk, probably, mm-hmm. um, you know, just in case everything's just so situational. Yeah. Um, Everything, my gear, everything tactical is always changing, moving around. Uh, my knife might be on my waistband. It might be on my ankle. It mm-hmm. might be around my neck. Yeah. Um, I've, I've put one in my bun before. Um, mm. It just, it, it really just all depends. But th- there's always something. There's <laughs> a, Yeah, know this. There's <laughs> something in there. Know that. There is always something. That's what's up. No, I dig it, man. I like that. Um, yeah. Okay. Good to go. It's moving. And then you have your kind of like bigger bag in the trunk with all the other stuff. If it's, that's not right on you. I keep, I keep my bag with me. I have like a to me bag with everything beyond just my, uh, defense equipment with me. And, you know, like an IFAC, depending on what I'm going into. Sometimes I don't have an IFAC. I just have a tourniquet. Sometimes I just have my CCW weapon with me. Um, depends on where, you know, it's really situational dependent, situation dependent. I'm going to take that piece of you talking about your EDC and I'm going to put it in another episode where it's just a lot of different industry professionals talking about their EDC. Cause I get hit up about EDC all the time. So I'm always yeah. like, it's the way people EDC obsessed. Like you right? have, to have an EDC. Everyone's always asking, what's your EDC? What's, what's your EDC? <laughs> <laughs> Stop yeah. talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, and I carry, I mean, it, I always have something, but it's different. In one day, I'm going from the gym, chilling at the house, going to two different protection details. You know, one of them I'm in plain close, close protection, another one I'm exposed, or, you know what I mean? And, and it does evolve as the day evolves. Uh, so that's what's up. Goals, dreams, and aspirations in the private security industry, or just in general. Um, okay, well, I have two different um, goals that I would like to achieve both uh, within like the next five years, probably. Yeah. Um, so on on one aspect, uh, I'm I'm a complete warmonger. Like I just want to, yeah. I just want to be in battle. I want to be afraid, not necessarily afraid because I was never afraid, but I want to have the thought in the back of my head that I could be blown up at any second now. Yeah. Not sure exactly what the issue is, but I know I'm not the only person that feels that way. No, nope. so I miss, I miss it too. I miss battle and combat as well, as much as you know you would or wouldn't want to admit it. It's just a fact, you know. Right. I'm a Lamborghini. So, I want to drive that speed. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> I want a Lamborghini in battle with <laughs> fifty on top of it. Okay, that's what I want. Okay, that's what. Okay, that's what's up. But no, um. Okay, so uh, if if we are into uh, another major conflict soon, uh, some yeah. some new war, um, I want to have a security company capable of making a bid for uh, different security contracts and being able to get out there and put boots on grounds and and do my thing. Um, yeah. That oh man, if I could go today, I would pack my bags and go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the second one, I really want to do celebrity um, bodyguarding. Uh, I just, I, I really like the club, like the kind of like the party aspect to it. It's kind of cool to be in there and be in the atmosphere, even if you're not allowed to party. 
Um, mm-hmm. I really like the job. I'm, I'm actually going to be really sad when I leave club security, but I'm going to be happy to go on to bigger and better things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would like to be Rihanna's security um, one day. I would like That's to do that. like Rihanna or Cardi B yeah. or even uh, my, my original um, thoughts were to do covert female security. Um, but I've also thought recently, you know, maybe even for guys, if they're going to an event or something like that yeah. and, you know, bravado, they don't want to seem like they've got security, but they just so happen to know of this woman who does security, who, you know, will bust you in your ass. <laughs> a force she can come looking like my date, you know, mm. and then no one knows that I had security. Well, I mean, most people don't know that I had security. Those yeah. in the know, no. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I want to do that. But those are just the two main names that that I want to do some do some guarding for Rihanna. I think yeah. me and I think that if Rihanna ever hired me, she would outbid anyone who ever tried to steal me away. I think that she would love me as her personal security. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. Why though? Um, I mean, you you definitely can't judge a book by its cover. Um, yeah. I'm not one of those Instagram idiots that thinks I know Rihanna because I see things that she allows us to see. Right. Um, but just uh, I'm I'm an empath. I I pick up on a lot of things that a lot of people don't pick up on. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of things are about to happen before they happen too. And mm-hmm. recently, since I think my chakras have been aligning more and my third eye has been opening more, mm-hmm. I've been right a lot. Like it's kind of freaking me out a little bit. Yeah. But I think I'm right about Rihanna. I think she's a pretty like laid back, um, cool kind of go with the flow type person. But I also mm-hmm. think like she'll get in your ass if you need to get in your ass. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I feel like for, for that type of security for the contracts that I'm looking for, like an annual kind of deal or like a six month kind of deal, mm-hmm. um, you really need to be able to vibe and click with that person. Cause you're going to be working in, in such, such close quarters with them. And I just really, really think that, you know, the lifestyles, the the lifestyles would not be a lot to adjust to one another. I don't think that we would, you know, three, four or five months in, we're still kind of like getting to know each other and awkward and weird around each other. And she doesn't want to do or say certain things around me. I think it would be like, girl, get over here and come on. And you know, Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Like we're talking yeah. like we're homegirls and stuff. I just really think that we would mesh really well, which would make both of our jobs much more pleasant. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I completely understand what you're saying. It's highly probable that her people will see this podcast. <laughs> and so I would be great. <laughs> you know, it's guy wanted to give you some space to say to give you your thoughts on that. That's what's up. Um and there it's interesting. I've worked for some people that I've really admired and what has happened is, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't disappointed. I was honored and it was a very positive experience. And I think it may have even brought more aspects of my personality to bear in doing it, not a better job, but like I was, I was very invested in those contracts. Not that I'm not invested in other ones, but like there's a level of uh, psychological, mental and emotional uh, enjoyment that really does. I think it, it matters when you're doing anything, you know, you're like, man, I can really get behind this client or this cause 
you know, and I've done a lot of things in the uh, faith-based organizations and Christian world. There's a certain feeling of, well, this is where I've built my life around. I die for this right now. You know what I mean? Like, like if, yeah. if, if it goes down on campus today and I'm securing this, uh, campus and something happens like yo this is what's up like you know what i mean like i can get behind this cause you know that's fine yeah yeah um, definitely. so there's that that energy that you bring the moral is to physical three to one as napoleon bonaparte would say you know um that's what's up so how did it go down let's go back into what happened your combat engagement here uh in the civilian world how did it go down? Blow by blow. Um, all right. So, uh, what was this? Uh, this is, man, everybody keeps getting confused over the day because we can't yeah. name it as New Year's instead of saying the date. But, okay, so it was New Year's Eve morning, okay? Yeah, <laughs> so okay. It was, the it was club, like early. Right. It's the club letting out from the night before New Year's. Okay. So it's like one in the morning, New Year's Eve, and then New Year's is the next, the, that night. Okay. Uh-huh. So just clarification because everybody's been getting confused about it. So anyways, um, uh, I, I wasn't actually even supposed to work that night. Um, it was, it was of course. like Thursday or a Sunday or something like that this year. Um, but, uh, there was, um, there was a, a little Boosie concert. Uh-huh. There um a, a concert at one of the clubs that I normally only work Tuesdays at but it's the club that I work events for and uh just normal the the club owners had just gotten um gotten a little bit carried away with all of the preparations and everything and they forgot to hit me up cuz I'm not a part of the regular security team mm-hmm. so this, all their other security, you know, was squared away, handled, taken care of because they're a part of that team, but I'm, I'm a separate entity. Yeah. So they got to hit me up and I just so happened to be bored scrolling on Instagram and I saw the flyer and I was like, man, Jeez. nobody called me. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> right. Like, wow. It's like that. Okay. I thought we were cool. Call me. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, so I text uh, my friend who was the one that one of the first people I met here who helped get me into club security. Um, I, I text them and he immediately texts back. He was like, Oh man. Yeah. I forgot. Come in. Mm. And, uh, I came in. So, uh, I actually ended up being the only armed guard, uh, that night. Most people don't really realize it. Uh, I guess it just, it's not something that people really think about, but there's like really no criteria for club security. It's like, hey, can you break this stuff up? All right, you're hired. Yeah. Are you going to run if there's a fight? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Right, exactly. (laughs) Are you going to help us or not? Yeah. Um, so I'm one of the few who is fully certified armed security through the state of Alabama, pistol permit, the whole nine. And you can go inside the club armed? Yes. Wow. Cause in California, they ain't having that. No, no, it doesn't matter if you're armed, CCW, whatever. You're just not allowed to do it. But it's yeah. California. You, it's not America. Right. I was about to say, <laughs> <laughs> in California. There's a lot that goes on behind right. the, you know, communist California curtain. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. That's hilarious. Um, so, so yeah, so I go in and I mean, it was like last minute, like you show up for work at 10 o'clock. It's like seven o'clock or something like that. I'm like, Hey, can I work tonight or what? They're like, Mm -hmm. yeah, come in. My bad. We forgot to hit you up. So I go in, I had been having my, my mindset on, on celebrity, uh, bodyguarding for a long time. And I had Mm -hmm. been doing something where I'd been having my followers at a celebrity for me just to see Uh. if they just so happen to to see it, you know, if it fills yeah. up their timeline enough for them to see it. And that day I was like, everybody go at Lil Boosie. He's going to be here. And, you know, he's about to see me in person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe we can get his attention. You know, maybe he'll hire me, blah, 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 whatever. Little did I know what was about to happen that night. Yeah. Um, the next thing you know, it's like one twenty or something like that in the morning. Of course, no one fights from 10 to 12. No. Um, and these like two or three guys get into it, but it's main two guys that are into the altercation. So we hold one of them. One of the guys, um, the, the altercation was with inside. And I mean, it was quick. Like, okay. Somebody got hit once, I think. And that quick security got it separated. Okay. Um, so the the guy that was on the inside, we were familiar with him, so we held him in, and uh, we pushed the other guy out. Uh, and it was just it was strange to me because I'd never seen this guy before. Uh, I, I yeah. worked security at almost every club in the city, and mm-hmm. I've never seen you before, you know. Yeah. So that was just strange to me. But you know, I, I still you know spoke to him like how I speak to everyone else, courteous, cordial, professional. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the fight got pushed outside. The rest of security stayed inside. Me and one other security uh, came outside with the altercation. Uh, the guy went off to his SUV that was in the parking lot uh, about 50 feet down. Um, and just, he, I guess he was just upset that he got his hit in and he didn't get his get back. And so he immediately went and retrieved his AK-47. And this is how numb I am. I just watched him at first. Yeah, you're like, I mean, there was nothing that I could have done to stop him from retrieving it from the vehicle because I didn't know that that's what he was going for, you know? But when he first pulled it out and was like walking back towards the club, I was just standing there like in my head, like, is this, is he really going to do this right now? Like, (laughs) Cover didn't even come in my head. This is so how until, it is. Until the second shot went off, and I was like, "Oh shit! I'm just standing here." <laughs> and yeah. I got down, and he, so he's walking towards the club entrance, and he's just like, he's literally just walking with it, firing it off in whichever direction it's facing, and I'm like, "Oh, wow. this dude's tripping." So finally it clicks in my head like you're in danger dummy. Yeah. <laughs> Get down. So he's the the owner's Porsche truck, my friend's Porsche truck. Yeah. <laughs> he's coming around the front of the truck so I'm coming around the other end trying to stay concealed and then I'm thinking like man, I wonder which part of this truck bullets are going to go through. So I'm like <laughs> It's funny how you think about them. Yeah, like you well, think about this stuff and it's like, like Quick. And you look so, back like, at your thoughts, and it's always funny. Bill Weld, right? And yeah. I mean, I'm tall, but I'm small, so yeah. I can really fit into the whole wheel well. So I'm down there, like, man, I don't hear anything. You know, where is he right now? This yeah. is such a 
I feel like more detailed from my perspective uh, uh, rundown than anyone else has gotten because it's so many months later and like mm-hmm. it just still runs through my head so much naturally because I always yeah. think about what I could have done better. Mm-hmm. But in my head, I'm just thinking like, man, I can't hear him. Where is he? Yeah. <laughs> like Jaws, like, like where's this guy going to pop up at? Right. So I hear, I can't remember what he said, but I hear the other security yell something and I kind of like peek out and he's by the door and I'm like, oh shit, he's going to go <laughs> in the club. And so like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh man, this is all bad. I can't let this happen. Yeah, and right. It occurred to me that I'm the only armed one. Yeah. All I'm thinking is like, he cannot go in this club. So I, I I drew out, like I hadn't even drawn yet because at this point, all I was thinking about was like, damn, he even popped off two shots and your dumbass didn't even duck. Get yeah. down. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I draw, pivot out, take one. I don't even stay. It's long enough to see if it hits if him or not. not. It's a concrete wall behind him, so I'm not worried about a backdrop, you know? Yeah. And there's absolutely no one outside. Everyone's inside. They didn't clear, they hear the shots, so they then cleared the lobby and everything. So no one else is in danger except me and him at this point. Wow. So Good I job on the club popped came back around i didn't know that i hit him the first time because he didn't go down um Mm. and when when it came over uh over the news it just said a gunshot victim so and i i physically visually only saw the one that i hit him with the second time i popped out because he fired two shots back and hit hit the porsche truck oh man poor the poor porsche truck The poor Porsche truck, and you're in a firefight with a dude with an AK. <laughs> this is legit. You're in a shootout with a dude with an AK. When I, you got a hand, you got what are you what are you shooting? Glock. Um, no, I was no, I was shooting um a Smith and Wesson SD40. A Smith and Wesson SD40 versus <laughs> an AK. That's a tall order for anybody. That's a, you know what I mean. Like, good on you. I, I didn't even, it never occurred to me. It, no. Even afterwards, honestly, it didn't occur to me until probably like the next day when I was talking to the investigator on the phone. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know, the, the news wants to talk to you. And I was like, what? Like, I had completely, the next day when I no woke up, eyes. I had forgotten it even happened. You know, it was yeah. just life as usual to me not to say like i shoot people all the time (laughs) (laughs) it was a slow tuesday (laughs) (laughs) it was just you know between being a combat veteran and just Mm -hmm. being in this line of work for so long i'm always ready for whatever yeah you know one of i guess you could almost say this is my mantra is i'm with whatever y'all with and I always let it be known. I'm never going to escalate anything improperly. Yeah, At least I'm going to try my hardest not to. But whatever you think you with, I can <laughs> guarantee you I am with it. And I've done okay. it before. So. Okay. Yeah, it's just, what's up. Yeah. So, so um, he he got hit the second time and he hollered out. He hollered out, hey, uh, I'm hit. Um, I could hear the other security hollering at him hey you know just put it down um he was saying something else Mm -hmm. and i I peek out again and he had pulled his pants down to to assess where it was at and that one i could see in his Mm -hmm. thigh um i guess the other one was higher in his hip where like his boxers still were so i didn't really get a good look at it 
Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, one of his friends came kind of out of nowhere and started to like drag him towards the car. And as he was dragging him, I was like, hey, wait, like, where are you hit? Mm-hmm. And I saw the one on his thigh. He was like, my leg. And I was like, shit, you know, I don't, in hindsight, of course they weren't going to wait. <laughs> but in, at the time I was like, okay, hold on. I've got my tourniquet. And I like yeah. ran to go get my stuff. And when I came back, he was like getting his legs into the SUV and, and they went to the hospital. And like two seconds later, the police were there and gave them the whole rundown, sat in the back of the police car for a couple hours while they checked everything out. And we we all heard it like two, three minutes after they got there. A gunshot victim just pulled up to to Crestwood uh, Hospital mm-hmm. and they they went ahead and, and got him, arrested him at the scene there. Uh, he was actually in his 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 gown and the hospital robe. Uh, when they took the mug shot. Yeah, I um, saw the mug shots. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, this is, since this is um, one of the later podcasts that yeah. I'm doing the incident, and I've I've had more time to think in hindsight and, yeah. and talk to people about things, I want to take a second to say this. Break it down. All right. There are a lot of people, an overwhelming amount of people, you know, to the point where it was kind of depressing, like, a, a loss in the faith of humanity type thing where people criticized me for not killing him. Huh? And, what? Yeah. It, it's to, to us, that sounds ridiculous because yeah. we have the proper mindset to be people who are put in the situation to make the proper call. Of yeah. Die right now or not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It, it, it was really upsetting. I still yeah. get it uh, almost almost every day. You know, uh, you were supposed to kill him. And it, you know, shot shot straight to the chest. And I mean, I get it. We're we're trained center mass. Um, uh, I first of all, in in combat, uh, in regards to firing on vehicles, who you're not sure if they're a threat yet or not. Or people, if you're not sure if they're a threat yet or not. Um, The shoot part of the escalation of force rules of escalation was always shoot to warn, shoot to disable, shoot to kill. I mean, shoot to kill. It was never straight to shoot to kill unless time did not permit. Um, His weapon was not trained on me. Yeah, he could have fired. He could have turned and trained it on me at any moment. Um, and that was a risk that I was willing to take. It's a risk that I understand that I'm willing to take every single time that I go to work. And that's mm-hmm. my risk to take. Mm-hmm. Um, I understood and I, I knew fully what I was doing. Um, but from the place of a, a Black woman, mm-hmm. um, we have enough of our men who are uh, improperly and poorly educated um, systematically, uh, who are jailed and imprisoned uh, without any type of rehabilitation systematically. Um, and we're just, we're to a point in, in the availability of information where if you don't believe that America and in large part the world is systematically oppressive against people of color, you're a fool. Um, so with that being in my constant mindset and me always understanding that, I understand that just like it's insane for me to want to go back to war 
and possibly die in a million little chunks that they'd have to send home in a box. Mm-hmm. And for me to be oh, completely yeah. cool with that and even yearn for it mm-hmm. is insane to some people, just like it's insane that someone would get out of prison and want to go back. Mm-hmm. It's called institutionalization. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a real thing. Um, the, the, the gentleman and people have even said something about me calling him a gentleman. Um, mm-hmm. Like I'm just supposed to turn barbaric as soon as someone does anything, you know, mm-hmm. wrong. The gentleman who 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 did it um, was just recently released mm-hmm. um, from prison. Uh, it was I, I didn't know him, but I'll just say I'm pretty positive that it was it was a system that has been inbred ingrained into him. Mm-hmm. He probably wanted to go back without even realizing that he wanted to go mm-hmm. back yeah. because no one takes the people when they're coming out of prison and prepares them for the mental aspects of it. And, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's a whole system that's improperly handled. And unfortunately this person and this whole situation was more than likely a victim of that system that he was born into that he had no part in creating. He was just simply born into it, and he's just been playing this game as best as he can. Some people get further in the game, and some people don't. Um, so I really would like everyone, you know, no matter who you are, race, color, creed, whatever, uh, to kind of think about that uh, it, for life, life in general, uh, for, for self-defense situations where you may... Uh, have to fire on someone um, for for just being considerate of other people in general, um, for being considerate of people from different walks of life in general. I really would like people to try and conceive that type of mindset because no one seems to understand me. No yeah. one seems to understand where I'm coming from with that. And it's it's really disheartening. I agree with you 100%. I think... As a security professional, our job is not to take lives unless that's absolutely necessary. I think as a human, man, I mean, I feel like in order to really want for that man to have been killed, you just are la- you just are lacking a lot of, uh, it's just a very immature view. You're lacking a lot of perspective. You know, how many things have people done that after, you know, a little bit of time and after some experience, they genuinely regret, you know, you're taking a snapshot uh, of someone's decision while they're probably intoxicated. And there's all these dynamics like you were talking about with regards to his life, the trajectory of his life, where he's at in his life, why he's where he's at in his life. Then you say that he deserves to die for the things he did. You know, I mean, that's, that's quite a, um, it's a really big thing for a human being to try to say and really genuinely believe you just have to be lacking perspective. In my opinion, you, you put that guy, you put him in a blood choke and he probably would have changed his mind. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like choke him out and get him up off the floor. And he brought, you probably would have changed his mind. I mean, granted because of the tools he was using, it warranted a certain level of lethality, you know, in order to like really stop him. And that's understandable. You had the right to take his life. But uh, the fact that the whole entire situation played out and you didn't have to, I think that's a, it's a gigantic positive. The guy has more time to make the right decisions, think about things, uh, become a productive member of society and things like this. And who knows, man, 
that could have been his come to Jesus moment. Like he could, that could have been the thing that caused him to be like, you know what? Like this sucks. I don't want to be like this anymore and turn his life around. I don't like getting shot, you know, maybe. Or I mean, I've, um, I've heard through the grapevine. Um, like I said, I spent, I spent like two weeks afterwards, um, like kind of asking around town if anyone knew who this person was and literally no one knew him Mm -hmm. because I was in my head I'm thinking like I have absolutely no clue who out there is upset with me right now Mm -hmm. you know he could have some sister that's been beating men up her whole life you know Mm -hmm. she's 6'2 280 or something that's riding around looking for me right now right now I was like (laughs) literally walking around the house with my gun in my hands like Mm -hmm turning at every little move like hey mm. what was that hey yeah. what was that <laughs> i ain't going out like every this time my dogs were barking i was like who is it so, <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah i've i mean i've heard through the grapevine you know that his family was grateful because i i think that i can't say that this is true because i've had nothing but positive experiences with huntsville police department mm-hmm. But the general consensus is pretty much that if it were the cops, he'd be dead. Um, so, I mean, I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe yeah. he'll he'll think of that, and and he'll try to think of maybe compassion next time mm-hmm. he gets upset. I mean, I don't know. It, yeah, you know, traumatic events. You can go one way or the other. So, what role did fear play while this was going down for you? Um, I mean this in the most non-arrogant way possible, but yeah. that, is, that lives within me. Yeah, it seems apparent. It, yeah, so there was no, there was no real fear. It was more like just doing what needed to be done. Right. Uh, I kind of went robotic. Um, mm-hmm. There wasn't really. I'm sure that I was so adrenaline charged, and I could not feel it. I didn't feel adrenaline yeah. charged like how when I'm fighting, I can feel, I get so adrenaline charged, I can feel my hands shaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't feel the adrenaline from it. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't, everything was just, man, everything was more at peace in those few moments than it has been in the last few years of my life. Yeah, one task. <laughs> everything was just so, everything's so clear and just, I, every, uh, procedural procedural mm-hmm. everything was very procedural i knew exactly what had to be done i knew exactly how to adjust if the situation changed there there wasn't any emotion or anything to put into it to make mm-hmm. it a, a crazy you know situation where i had to do all kinds of extra stuff it was just mm-hmm. step one person does this this is your reaction step two yeah. person does this this is your reaction yeah. It was just straight to it. Is all uh, was it uh, muscle memory or uh, yeah. what's the other <laughs> word? Muscle memory, the technical word. I can't think of it. Yeah, You didn't need it then. You don't need it now. <laughs> we do. right. um, but yeah, no. I, I, I personally, that's been my experience. A lot like that as well. There wasn't when I've been in situations like that. It hasn't been like. Um, I haven't been freaking out like a lot of guys talk about. It's very clear, and I know I can die, so I pay very close attention. And 
I do things with an intensity and a finality and, 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 uh, it's just, you're thinking and you're thinking and you're thinking and things can get kind of tunnel vision for a little bit and then they can open back up and you're just like, you're just staying in the flow. And fortunately it's not your turn if it's not your turn, you know? Right. And if it is, it is. <laughs> and if it is, it is. I've been, yeah. Living every single day training for this moment, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Like I've died a thousand deaths before <laughs> lunchtime. Yeah, that's just my personality. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, that's heavy. I'm like, dude, this is just for me. I'm living for this moment, you know. And if it doesn't come, then I'll live my best life because in every moment I'm training and I'm looking and I'm trying to, you know, are we going to do this? Yeah, I'm going to do it as best I can because, yo, we could get in a car accident today on the way to, you know, to dinner. You know, right. I carry this memento mori coin in my pocket all, uh, all the time my buddy gave it to me on my last uh last birthday you can leave life right now which to me makes you live the most fullest life um but anyways enough about me i dig that I'm, i i i dig that it's good to hear that what lessons would you say that that combat engagement taught you is there anything that you walked away like hmm. yeah um uh, <sighs> In the future, people should probably be walked to their cars. <laughs> um, people, if they're angry, uh, yeah. Yeah, when, when, we're, when we're taking them out, uh, security personnel permitting, they should probably definitely be walked to their cars uh, mm -hmm. more, more closely uh, monitored as they, they go out. And I didn't have my tourniquet on me. Um, I mean, the, the end result, uh, he was arrested anyways at the scene because he went straight to the hospital. Uh, yeah. But... I just, in my head afterwards, I was like, duh, like, how could you be so stupid? Of course you have to have your stuff on you. You can bleed out in seconds. Right. And it's just because it's not actual combat. It just wasn't, I would have never stepped outside of the wire without my IFAC. You know what I yeah. mean? Mm -hmm. But like, it's almost like how they say complacency kills kind of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, man, the only reason he was able to even leave the scene to get into the SUV and go was because I didn't have my tourniquet on me. I had to leave the scene and, and basically leave someone unsecured to go and try and render aid to them. I mean, the other security was still outside, but he wasn't armed. Mm -hmm. Yes, he had lowered his weapon, but still, you know, just looking at it, if it were handled 100% appropriately, yeah. I would have had my medical supplies already on me. I would have been able to, to help the other security, security appropriately secure the scene so that no one left and no one came in. And it, just textbook afterwards, it didn't go the way that it was supposed to go mm -hmm. because I was lacking a piece of my necessary equipment. Mm -hmm. um, so hence chaos concealment <laughs> yeah uh, uh, made sure that i got my um my holster out to me and a uh, additional tourniquet as well um other than that honestly that was really like the biggest thing for me it, is mm -hmm. that the fact that i didn't have my tourniquet on me i really beat myself up over that i i tend to beat myself up over a lot of things i'm like really mm -hmm. really hard on myself it actually yes. even even kind Most. of plagued me for a very short amount of time that because he was looking to enter the club, mm. I shouldn't have, but I probably could have disarmed him without firing off a shot if I had approached. 
wouldn't have been the right thing to do. But it's, Dangerous. you know, just hindsight is twenty twenty. Just so many things run through your head about, mm-hmm. you know, what if, woulda, coulda, shoulda, woulda, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, for a split second, I was like, man, did I really even have to shoot him? And it's like, uh, yeah. yeah. Everybody would have been talking about you if you would have charged the guy with the AK. They would have been like, wow, she's really about her <laughs> shit. <laughs> hardest thing to do, though. Yeah, no, man. But yeah, the, the tourniquet was definitely uh, my biggest, like, in my head, like, oh, what an idiot. Yeah. Okay. No, that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's good. And I, I feel like society has this whole, like, don't be so hard on yourself and you shouldn't beat yourself up. Personally, I think you should beat yourself up. If you make a mistake, if you're wrong, experience the emotions that are going to make sure you don't, you don't do it again, which is usually regret. And which is usually all these ugly emotions because we move away from pain. We move towards pleasure that you will never want to feel again. <laughs> you know what I mean, And then guess what? you're better for having gone through it because you ain't making the same mistake twice. Somebody comes up and hands you participation trophy, tells you it's okay. I mean, it's just not going to be as deeply ingrained in your brain box afterwards, you know? So I dig it. I'm hard on myself too. I wish somebody would give me a participation trophy. Trophy though? (laughs) (laughs) Like spike it on the ground. Like, I don't want this. Oh, yeah. Jeez, God. Give me a different trophy when I come back next time and do better. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, thank God I never got one of those. Uh, Anyways, that's a whole... (laughs) Were there any uh, standout emotions related to the aftermath? Um, no, not really. Um, yeah. I when I went into shock, but it uh-huh. wasn't emotional just because I knew what it was. So it didn't scare me. I just kind of talked myself out of it. Uh, that's just about it. Really? Uh, no, there wasn't really yeah. a lot of emotion involved, involved mm-hmm. in the whole thing. Just period. Yeah. good. I, um, personally, I appreciate that, you know, just because I think a lot of things get sensationalized and, you know, I just, I just, I've been around the block with lots of guys and I've, you know, some things there is legitimate PTSD, but I think that there also is within the human condition all the way back to the beginning of the, of, of this humanity, we've been doing things like this. And uh, I think that a healthy mind can deal with things like this efficiently and effectively, you know, back in the day, dudes was chopping each other into little pieces in fields for hours on end. Okay. I don't know what society was necessarily like back then, but uh, it's, 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 I don't see it as being something that should be like the most show stopping thing that you've ever done in your life. You know, right. you know what I mean? I, I feel like if you're righteous in your actions and deeds and uh, fortunately worked out in your favor, I think that it's not weird for a human being to be okay with uh, doing this job and doing this aspect of the job. So that's good. I think. I mean, we're the we're the people that we have to be, and and mm-hmm. we have to be those people because they the world needs people like us. Everyone has yeah. a role. Everything, everything within everything is a, a well oiled machine, whether it seems that way or not. 
you know, the world in itself, the earth is a well-oiled machine. When you go into, into countries, their machines, everything has a part, everything has a moving piece. Mm-hmm. If you go into our bodies, into the very structure of our cells, mm-hmm. everything is a moving piece. Everything, it's a machine, you know, mm-hmm. so everything has a purpose. I guess another part of me getting into security was me understanding I have an anger problem and understanding that trying to get rid of an anger that seems to be innately a part of me was kind of making me miserable because it wasn't going anywhere. But then at the same time, I'm like, well, what's wrong with me? You know, like I'm isolating myself from people. Because people are like, well, what's wrong with Toya? Like, why is she like that? And it's just, it, I feel like it is a a part of me that I had to have in order to become who I'm supposed to be. Like I said, I, I was, I was born a protector. I've always been this way. You, you have to have a, a certain type of mindset and certain things that you're willing to do that other people aren't willing to do to work jobs like these. And I feel like a lot of us experience a different type of anger than other people do and we've learned how to process it and turn it into something positive rather than allowing it to be something negative in our lives hmm. so just you know it, it could you elaborate certain, on that a little bit more <laughs> so, so there are certain parts of us that people will tell you are negative because society's going to say it's negative mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean it has to remain something negative i like punching people in their face for next to nothing but you can't do that. You know what I mean? Because of society, you can't do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're my club mm-hmm. and, and, you know, you're doing something that you've been told, even if it was just two seconds ago, you were told not to do it and you start to go to do it again. I can take everything, every single time I wanted to punch somebody in their face in the last six months, <laughs> that energy on you. Mm-hmm. And I did it. I expelled that energy in a positive way, that anger energy, angry energy that could turn into something so horrifically negative. <laughs> and I turned it into a positive thing. I protected mm-hmm. people in the process mm-hmm. and I'm not miserable on the inside. I'm not just boiling with lava on the inside at all times. Like, I don't know if people had, like, it's, it's a really popular thing these days, especially mm-hmm. for females for some reason. Oh, I'm crazy. I'm crazy. If you were truly crazy, really crazy you go around bragging about it because mm-hmm. it's not fun always yeah. having to be in your head, you know, don't do this. Oh, they didn't mean it like that. <laughs> okay. so it, it's not fun. I'm tired yeah. of it. You know what I mean? Like, and that's why people be like, you're so calm, like a strange calm. Yeah, like, you're like it's strange, but appreciate the calm. We're talking <laughs> here, okay? Yeah. We're talking. Yeah. We're trying to make sure that these things go out appropriately. But then I'm like, man, it's like, it's like, I'm like how I said about like my dogs, man, they're 77 year old virgins. They're backed up. <laughs> I'm dumb. I need to hit somebody. Toya needs to feed y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I mean, but it, it's something, it, it's been a negative thing before, you know, when I came yeah. back from deployment, I was fighting in the streets of Waikiki. Like, literally in the middle of the streets mm-hmm. fighting and Waikiki, like I can't just go to jail for this at any given moment, you know? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And it's just something that I've learned to turn into, like I said, something that has been, been a positive thing. And it, it, in turn, it's helped me manage the anger a lot, a lot better, too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's something that's been my job. I benefit from my job and my job benefits me. It's mutual. That's what's up. I call it the quiet storm. You know, it's I think uh, a warriors need a war. And so for me, my therapy is it's maintenance, man. I'm going to the gym all the time. I'm lifting weights as much as I can. I'm at the range as much as I can. And I'm mixing it up all as much as I can. And I'm managing that war. And if you're a warrior and you and and, and you don't have a war, you die inside. I think that. This is why so many veterans are committing suicide. You got 22 veterans a day blowing the brains out, one every couple hours, arguably the statistic. However, if it's anything close to that, um, I wrote a book about it called Finding Meaning After the Military because we got to find a new fight. You got to find a new fight. And for me, security was that fight. It gave me the ability and the opportunity to justify a lot of my craziness, my hypervigilance, justified, staying jacked and tan justified staying dangerous getting keeping weapons a weapon with me there's always a weapon there's always a weapon okay you find me in swim trunks and and a wife beater i got weapons okay <laughs> like I, I got something and it's just a way of life yeah you know i mean when i was 18 i had my rifle in my sleeping bag and that's how we was getting down you know but uh so i understand what you're saying you know and that's it's managing that quiet storm it's knowing when to let it out knowing when to let the beast out and when to keep them, you know, all buttoned up. And that's, I agree with you. Security to give me an outlet like that as well. Uh, and I commend you for being that real, <laughs> you know, that's what's up. Black cat's trying to get in on this too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so let's see here. What's the hardest lesson you've learned in the field work in security? Oh man. The right? Lesson I've learned. Yeah. Like four more questions, three, four more. I don't know if any lessons have necessarily been hard because yeah. um, I'm, I'm, I'm not old, but I mean, I'm, I'm past 30 and mm. I've lived a lot in these 30 years. So, I mean, I've seen a lot, I've learned a lot and I like to do things the hard way. I almost yeah. cannot do things the easy way. So, I mean, I've learned a lot of lessons first. Yeah. <laughs> I've been knocked on my ass a lot. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily say any of the lessons have been hard, well, what's but a mind blowing lessons okay. or like, like some lessons that like, it was like an epiphany to me. Like I get it. Hmm. I get everything now. <laughs> yeah. Like the whole um, world looks different. There's a new color. Right. Uh, so the understanding that m- Typically, now obviously, I don't mean every single man when I say this, mm-hmm. but uh, on average, men have a sense of entitlement to our bodies that I don't think that they realize that they have. Really? Uh, hey, yes. Break this down. Okay, so when I'm in the club. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I, I, go black, ahead. I know what you're talking about now. Okay. okay, so when I'm in the club, in all black, security badge, security shirt, security hat, whatever, have not cracked a smile in the whole four hours you've been in here. And I can see that. At this post, an interview stance uh-huh. with a gun on me. I'm telling people, clear my area. You know exactly what I'm here for. You know I'm working. <laughs> you know I'm on the clock. 
if you want to come and say something to me, I understand. I get that. I'll speak to you. You know, we can uh-huh. keep it brief. I'll speak to you. I can't yeah. look at you while we talk. Don't stand right in front of me. I still need to scan. Yeah, I do can my speak thing. to you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Don't get offended if I don't look at you. But yeah, we can talk. You stay yeah. respectful. We can talk. That's cool. Whatever. Right. But me, me being in the club and a guy doing the elbow grab. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not the part that really gets me. Okay. 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 It's it's. Okay, so you, you, you kind of have to tread differently. So typically, when I do go out, like to have fun and stuff, uh-huh. I'm either by myself or I'm with one other person. So I'm not necessarily going to do something that's going to make one of these disrespectful ass young men slap me on the face because they will. Yeah. Or you just not wanting to give their phone number, they'll slap yeah. me. This is ridiculous. Is entitlement thing. This is, um, yeah, that's ridiculous. So. When it happens when I'm civilian, mm. I, my reaction is not the same. When it happens when I'm security, I forcefully snatch my arm back and mm. I look up and down like, "What are you doing? <laughs> you just, you just did something." <laughs> and they immediately see that look, and it's like they're shocked, terror, upset uh-huh. that you grabbed me. And that is where I realized that the sense of entitlement was there. You're shocked that I took my body part back from you that you had no permission to touch in the first place. <laughs> I didn't do it. That's right. <laughs> if you guys ain't watching this on YouTube, you need to watch this on YouTube. <laughs> the like, give me my elbow back. If you want my attention, say security. Yeah. If I keep walking, I heard you, and I kept going anyway. Find male security. Find the other security. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm just like, it's crazy. It, it was not until I really gauged guys' reaction and noticed that every single one of them looked like they're outraged that I want my arm back. <laughs> Give it back! I don't That's understand. It's just crazy to yeah. me. Or it's like. Like if like we're we're talking and I'm like this the entire time and I'm like yeah I'm I'm having a great night tonight how about you mm-hmm. and the guy's like hello um <laughs> I'm over here sir I don't have to turn and look at you I don't have to say a word to you yeah even if you come up to me and you speak to me and you are cordial and respectful and you are the nicest person on earth i might be a bitch for it but i don't have to say anything to you and i feel like this is what a lot of guys need to understand because just period point blank there are women out there literally being murdered for turning down advances for saying uh no i'm not interested no no thank you um you know i have a boyfriend no i don't want to dance no i don't want to give you my number we're Mm -hmm. being beat up we're being raped and we're being murdered for telling people no when it comes to our own bodies and that is ridiculous it is ridiculous absolutely that's too bad Biggest mind blower right there. Yeah. That, you know, it's too bad. But it is good that you're not like, oh, this is ridiculous. And, uh, you know, and just complaining about it. You've learned how to protect yourself. And you're aware of uh, what I, something I like that I see in you is that you're aware of human behavior. 
uh, and you don't necessarily like rail against it, you play the cards as they are on the table. So it's like, yep, people are probably going to do this. They're capable of this right or wrong. That's Santa Claus stuff. That's fairy tale. That's what, there's what should happen. And there's what does happen. And you get prepared for what could happen. (laughs) And that, that is wisdom. I respect that. Mm -hmm. Um, That's how I'm, that's how I'm raising my daughters. I'm like, look, right and wrong is good. You know, Jesus prayed, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means like God's will doesn't get done here. Like what people decide is what happens here. <laughs> you know, exactly. so we got to be prepared. Not interfere in our daily comings and goings. Yeah, exactly. So we got to be prepared. Um, so no, that's, I, I understand that much more because it is true. I do see dudes be like, yeah, excuse me, miss. And they like get a little hand on there real quick. And they, you know what I mean? And it's like, did someone say you could touch her, bro? Are you crazy? Right. To me, I, I literally have asked people, why are you touching me right now? Yeah, like, and what, did something happen? you like this bitch. And it's like, but <laughs> you're the one with your hand on the small of my back. Remove Yeah, like, it. how did we get here? Right. I've told someone like their hand coming towards me. Like if you touch me with that hand, it's coming home with me. Yeah. <laughs> Make a choice. Right. Make a choice. No, that's good though. Uh, and I, I think guys need to chill out on that for sure. Cause even for, for me, I'm like, I, I, I'm on the other side of the spectrum. I'll never touch you in your life ever, ever. I will. You, and, and my wife cracks up. Like, I don't, you will never see me touch another female uh, I'm a big black guy. I won't even be in a room with you by yourself. Anyone, any female. <laughs> I mean, because I'm a target. I'm a target and I'm yeah. an easy target. And that's my side of the coin is, you know, you play the cards that you're dealt and being a big mm-hmm. black guy, I'm not even going to even give anybody a chance to take, to take me. Um, yep. and, uh, you gotta be smart and yep. it shouldn't be that way. And it's sad that it's that way, but it's that way. So play ball or become a victim really. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so let me turn around and ask you a question Hit me. Um, I had this conversation a couple weeks ago with my friend who is a firefighter oh um, uh, and <laughs> he you know we live in Alabama uh, the uh-huh. south is gonna let you do damn near whatever you're with your guns that you want to do with them yeah. uh, so you know we can open carry uh, you know okay. no permit everything we can just okay. go buy a gun hey this is my gun I'm carrying it like a carton of milk <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, he refuses to open carry because he's a big black guy. He's like six, 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 seven or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a firefighter. He stays in really great shape. So he's yeah. a big, a very large black man. Yeah. And because of that, he will not open carry. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that's so sad. Like, not only are you a taxpaying American, but you're a freaking firefighter. Like mm-hmm. you run into death to save other people and Mm -hmm. here you're afraid that you know just because of the way that we are especially down here Mm -hmm. that you would be gunned down by people who are technically your brethren Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know that that's sad it's really sad and i think it's a reality that most people don't understand that that you all have to face um so i mean how do you how do you feel about open caring um when it comes to being armed, so as I walk around the world, people view me as a threat. They should. I'm bigger and stronger than most of them. So that's my first kind of line of thinking. Um, and I respect that. And I try to be mindful of that. There are situations and places I'm in where I know it's because I'm a big black guy, which I'm also fine with because, you know, 
it's just the way it is. You know, it's just the way that you kind of have to, it's unfortunate. There's what should happen. There's what does happen, you know? Uh, but at the same time, you know, there's a lot of, <laughs> we're all fighting a battle of perception, I believe. Um, and that's, you know, based on what people are seeing in the news, based on what people are seeing in the media, based on what people are seeing all the time, there is a collective consciousness with regards to black people that I am consciously aiming to overcome by giving people positive experiences with a black person, a black man, you know what I mean? And, and that's a fight. That's a whole battle. Um, so the way I carry myself is in a way to disarm a lot of that all the time, building, you know, to the next level of that argument, open carrying for me personally, I also don't believe would necessarily help me, um, disarm people as easily. And so, for those reasons, I wouldn't do it. There are other tactical considerations. Uh, like, I don't want anyone to know where my weapon is or that I have a weapon. Um, you know, there's, this, is like, this is like the aisle. Like, like, there's people on both sides, and both sides have solid arguments. Well, well, deterrence value, someone would be less likely to launch an attack with if you had a weapon. You know, and, and for me personally, I would probably have to be one of the first things someone knew they had to overcome if they're going to launch an attack in an environment because just by my physical stature, I'm going to get to weigh in on what happens and what doesn't happen, you know? Um, so they're going to be like, yo, this big black dude, you think he's going to try anything before we rob 7-Eleven? Should we wait till he's done or not? You know, regardless. So I have a level of deterrence um, that I like. I think also the stigma that can be care that can come along with open carrying um, is just at least I know amongst a lot of security professionals, it's not looked at as the most professional way to carry your weapon. And so, yeah, for those reasons, I wouldn't do it if I was, even if I had the right to. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's as much. Yeah. That, those are the things that would stop me from doing it. Yeah. You know, now as a female, it's interesting, you know, you have a little more deterrence, but I think as a female, this is just me from the outside looking in. I think a lot of your guys' strength comes from, the snake tactic, the, 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 the surprise, the venom, it's, it's already too late type of fighting style. It's, I didn't think that this was going to be as bad as it is. And I've now, now I'm shot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, because the physical component men have that head start on you guys or yeah, just naturally. Right. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of how I would answer that question. I probably wouldn't open carry if I, even if I could, just because, I love the element of surprise. I'm one of those guys, if you're going to fight me, I am de-escalating and the fight's over before it starts. Um, right. And I have an organic amount of deterrence already. So it's not something that I want to, I need to focus on building on, right. you know. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> my two cents on it. <laughs> um, let's see here. What would, would you say there are... Uh, advantages and disadvantages that stick out about being a female in the security industry? Um, both. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, there's two sides to every coin. Right. Um, uh, I mean, as far as, as far as being in the club environment, yeah. um, you know, there have been times where these guys are most definitely about to come to blows and yeah. I can come and put a very soft hand on someone's shoulder. That's true. 
and yeah. look at them and I'm like, babe, not tonight. Like, please don't let it be this kind of night. Yeah. And just sometimes that feminine touch will just kind of zap it all out of a guy. Yeah. It doesn't always work. It does yeah. not always work. Sometimes it even backfires. It makes sometimes it worse. <laughs> yeah, sometimes guys are very upset that there mm-hmm. is a woman even having to do anything with restraining them. You're going to tell me. <laughs> right, right. You're going to tell me. <laughs> calm voice ever oh, a couple weeks ago That's like so he was yelling and I was like lower your voice a little bit just exactly how I just said it <laughs> what? he's like no 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 tell me nothing especially not no female <laughs> have like, him come over here and tell me <laughs> no female like what you gonna do to me in here oh man <laughs> so yeah I mean I, it, it kind of goes back and forth um I mean, so yeah, sometimes you can use yeah. your 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 feminine your Energy. feminine powers to yeah. to break up or to stop something from ever even starting in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um and and just in dealing with people in general, uh especially if if you're a maternal type female or mm-hmm. you know, if you're a mom, some women are maternal even though they aren't mothers yet. Yeah. Um you just you kind of bring like a nurturing touch to things. Um, I take care of people. Uh, I take care of drunk people. I take care of drunk girls. Like I give it a level of care that most people probably wouldn't give it. You know, put your shirt down, baby. You know, put your titty back into your shirt. We don't need all these men seeing this. Wipe your mouth off. There's some gum. All right, you feel okay? Come on, let me let me help you to the car real quick. You know, Mm -hmm. I kind of like handle certain people with mom gloves. And I've had so many people tell me, like, they really, really appreciate it. People will go online and, like, Mm. find my contact and stuff and call me or write me the next day. Like, I'm so sorry. Thank you so much for taking care of me. My cousin that was there told me what happened. And we love you. And it's just, it's something that a female kind of brings to the table that other people don't. Um, And like I said, with the whole fighting, sometimes it'll just zap the spirit right out of a guy. Uh, I also try to, you know, benefit for my my male counterparts. Uh, if a lot of times, you know, there may be a fight that happened closer to where they were at at the time. So by the time I get to there, they're already bringing the women out. And mm-hmm. even though they don't need my assistance, just for liabilities as far as sexual harassment type things, I'll walk with them yeah. just so they can't say, you know, oh, while he was putting me out, he put his Grab finger me. in my butt or something like that, you know, <laughs> just like how male officers have to call <laughs> have to call a female officer if they need to do a body search or yeah. they they are very strongly suggested to call a female at the very least. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to do the same thing without even being asked for my guys Absolutely. so that if that ever comes to them, you know, no, there was a female there along with me. Um, mm-hmm. She saw the whole thing, blah, 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 whatever. Didn't happen that way. Um, things in the female's bathroom. No one has, oh, this guy just charged into the bathroom without knocking first and, you know, yeah. Different things like that um, that definitely help a lot. Uh, making sure the females get searched. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a big one. Um, I've definitely taken a gun out of a girl's boot coming into the club. Oh, uh, there's. I think gun boob gun holsters, huh? <laughs> this was it was actually in her boot, 
and it was oh, so small. She told me it was a torch lighter, and I almost believed her for half a second because I'm one of those like sometimes gullible people who wants no, to believe that everyone's always lie. telling the truth. Yeah, it's because you don't lie. I don't lie either. And so, like, I don't say I don't lie. Like, I don't lie. Like, no, I really will tell you. Like, I don't, I really just, I think it's cowardly. And so I'm so susceptible to liars. Like, I got a one buddy who's always like, bro, you believe that? Dude? I'm like, what? Wait, wait, <laughs> he's going to lie to me about this? He's going to lie to me? He's going to lie to me? And then I think about it and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, okay. idiot. Yeah, exactly. I'm that guy. Whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely about believed her for a second. And then that yeah. little voice was like, unzip that boot. <laughs> yeah. Unzip that boot. And it was definitely a little fully loaded. I don't even know what kind of gun that is. I've never even seen a gun like that before. Definitely. But whatever it was, she was definitely about to bring it in the club. She was ready. Um and I mean, if I'm not, if a female's not out there, she's she's not getting searched. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, she might get a little metal detector over her real quick, but that stuff can miss things. Yeah. Or it can be other things can mistake it. I used to sneak brass knuckles in the club in my yeah, block. I saw a look in your face and you're like, that thing can miss things. I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's the broad that's the wires to my bra. Let me in. But if something happens in the club, lo and behold, I'm under that shirt and red. Wow. Um, so yeah, I mean, there there are definitely um, a, a lot more pros once you once you learn how to play your part and figure out where you can be most useful at. Although I want to jump into the two hundred pound guys fights and don't care if I get beat up in the process or not. It's not the place where I'm most useful at. Yeah, <laughs> find somewhere where I can be more useful at to the team. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's good. Knowing that is wisdom. You got to be who you are. You got to be play to your strengths. There's a lot of strengths. I feel like everyone wants fire and they forget that water is like more powerful and wind is powerful and earth is powerful. Everyone's like, oh, I want to be the big, strong guy. Do you really? Like you want to go and bang and clang all the time? Like there's so much more you can do. Um, And there's some really awesome stuff, man. There's some sophisticated stuff especially as big as the game's getting now with all the covert protection and all these other really high high speed jobs we can do and the industry's going to double in the next 10 years yeah there's everyone can get in and get get things done uh it's not just like being the bodyguard is the cool thing anymore that's a work intensive thing now (laughs) you know what would you say what do you not like about security and about the security game what do you like man i wish i didn't um well right now um well i guess this is always going to be a thing uh because i even though i'm self-employed because i still rely on a place to employ myself mm-hmm. it still puts me at the at the whims of other people mm-hmm. and most of the time they're men mm-hmm. um that can complicate things sometimes i've had to back out of jobs before because the person was unprofessional or just because maybe they seem like they were trying to be professional, but I was getting a bad vibe off of it, or it just mm-hmm. seemed a little bit sketch or yeah. something. Just uh, somebody I don't right. want to work with, someone I don't even wouldn't wish to speak to ever. Yeah. Uh, that gets a little eh sometimes. Um, it, it would be great to not depend on you know contracts or money from other people in that aspect but unfortunately that's something that i'll pretty much always have to deal with um just hopefully Mm -hmm. in the future it'll be 
to where I have more control or more leeway to be like, you know, if that's how you're going to be, then just forget this contract. Yeah. Just keep it moving. There'll, there'll be others. Um, but yeah, that, that's definitely an issue, uh, being, a a woman coming to people trying to do contracts for club security. You're not mm-hmm. really often taken seriously. Um, yeah. and, and, even if they do take you seriously, they're probably going to try to have sex with you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that sucks. Um, yeah. <laughs> cause I, I mean, I don't like very, very many people and I, and I want to have sex with even less of them. So, I mean, <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah it complicates things. Yeah. I'm, I'm good on that whole aspect of things. Um, other than that, I really, really love my job. Yeah. I really feel yeah. like that's probably the biggest thing, like some of the, the cons of the feminine aspect. Other than that, I, 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 I sometimes even like going to work when the sun's up and leaving work when the sun's up. Yeah. Even though sometimes I'm frustrated and out of breath when there's 15 girls and wigs flying all over the place in the parking lot and there's too many yeah. people to hold back at once. I'm still kind of, I love it. That's awesome. I really love it. It's It shows. That's fantastic. It's meaningful. That's good. Just anything, no matter what someone's doing, if they really love it. What what I know, we know about the shooting, but what would you say is your proudest moment in private security? Um, Not, not a specific. Well, uh-huh. You know what? You know what? Lies. Huh. I take that back. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say just the help that I give to young girls. Um, huh. Just rape is such a big problem. Um, I don't think people realize how many women have actually been raped um, because it goes by statistics. And I don't know many women who haven't been raped, and I also don't know many women who have been raped and who have reported it. Yeah. So let me tell you, the statistics are wrong. Yeah. The statistics are very wrong. The vast majority of women in this country have been raped. And I would say even the more vast majority have been assaulted in, in some sexual form. Mm-hmm. Um, so giving That's women help, uh, my, my, the owner of my club, um, or one of the clubs that I work, uh, you know, he's real adamant about Every at towards the end of the night, when when there's not a bunch of security outside, someone walks these women outside to the door of their car, makes mm. sure that they get in. Um, that's a really big deal to me. Uh, I, I it's a really guys when guys are playing around, slap playing with girls and stuff that they came mm. to the club with. They like security. You ain't gonna help me. I'm like, I'm not here for you. I'm here for her. Mm. <laughs> yeah. you. You know, it, it it really makes a big deal to me that somebody got home safe that maybe would not have otherwise because myself came out and I'm doing it from a whole different passion being a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, myself and my guys who are out there, we're making sure that these women are getting, getting to their vehicles safely and absolutely nothing is going to happen to them on our watch. Mm -hmm. That's a really big deal to me. That's a very important thing to me. And, and seeing men care so much about it and, and go Mm -hmm. out and do that and letting other men see them that that's what they're doing. We're looking out for these women. We're protecting Mm -hmm. these women. And this is righteous. Um, Right. This is what we're supposed to be doing. This is real masculinity. Exactly. Real masculinity. Mm-hmm. I don't think people, I think a lot of people don't understand exactly what toxic masculinity is. Yeah. It's not, 
not buff guys who work out all the time, carry guns, grow beards and, and, you know, do all of that stuff. It, it's, it's men who use their masculinity for improper things or, you know, men, men who tell their kids that they can't have emotions because they're men and they grow up to be serial killer rapists or some shit like that. Like, yeah. no, be a man. Yeah. Be a freaking man. Yeah. If, if, if you want a real woman, be mm. a man. She be a real man. Appreciate you being a real man. Mm-hmm. I damn near need a brute. I need you yeah. to be a brute but you have to understand there's a difference between being a toxic man Mm -hmm. and being a real man Man. yeah and i think the difference is being a real man is understanding that your strength is there for service you're designed to protect and provide on a level that people that don't have the same physical assets as you can you know so i'm strong to protect and to provide a safer environment, to provide for my family. This is why I'm built like this. This is what it's for. It's for service. And when you start to understand, it's not about being a tough guy. And it's not about, you know, like being like the alpha, getting the big piece of chicken. Although I do like to get the big piece of chicken. Um, you know, fun and you know, totally not toxic. Right? Exactly. But when you understand that, like, this is, I'm able to protect and provide on a higher level because of my strength and what I feel I'm put here on the planet for. I think that's the difference that toxic masculinity. It's all for me and my coolness and my little ego, my fragile little ego. And, you know, so I can like dominate people and all these other horrible, ridiculous things that are just childish. They're boyish. You should be done doing this trash when you're like, like seven, eight, you should be done. Like your dad should beat it out of you or you should go and run around and get it out of you. Or, or you should start realizing like, oh, you know, like I can defend her and that's righteous. That's awesome. That, you know, that's what right. I'm trying for. Right. And I can protect her and I can join with these guys and we can go and make sure that the only, hey, the only counterbalance to evil on this planet, I think is good people. There's bad people out there, like we just saw uh, overseas in the bombings out there in, um, you know, uh, geez, you got blown up out there. And uh, the, they just had the churches. Yeah. Over there in Sri Lanka, over yeah. 300 people. Three, three churches or something like that. Yeah. And a few hotels, over 300 people got lost their lives over there. And so you can imagine the casualties. Um, but the only counterbalance to bad people is good people. And at the end of the day, you know, fighting in wars and all these different things, you need good men. You do, you do, you just need, you need good men. And so I, I really appreciate you saying that. And I really think it's ultra valuable for men to hear it from a woman because men are going to look at you and they're going to be attracted to you. And they're going to be like, how do I get this female's attention? What are the standards and what are the prerequisites and what's actually attractive to a strong female like this? And it's good for them to hear that being a real strong, gentle, chivalrous man is valued, especially now. A lot of our stuff is, you know, masculinity is demonized in a lot of ways and really kind of right. being, being attacked. Right. People are calling manly qualities toxic. And yeah. Standing, and then 
people are getting mad at the phrase toxic of masculinity <laughs> because people are using it wrong. Incorrectly. And, you know, it's just like this whole cycle, like, whoa, that's that's not what I meant, man. Like, mm-hmm. like there was this post and the guy, he's eating a banana and this is like how real men eat a banana. And he like, <laughs> he breaks off a piece of the banana and he like juggles <laughs> it in his hand like it's dice. And he looks around. <laughs> And he's like, in his mouth. <laughs> I posted on there. I was like, "This is toxic masculinity." Oh and man! They were like, "Oh, you're one of those." Like they attacked. It's a buzzword women. now. Yeah. And like I'm trying to explain to y'all, and y'all are not understanding what I'm trying to say because y'all are just upset. Y'all feel like I was <laughs> triggered. Y'all. Everybody's triggered. Why this is toxic masculinity? Yeah. Toxic masculinity because this turns into. Now, this is the status quo. This is how you have to eat bananas. And if you don't eat bananas like this, you're gay. Yeah. And now, because you're gay, because you ate this banana like this, someone's <laughs> going to eventually try to probably assault you. Like, yeah. Matthew Shepard and several other gay people, you know, have been assaulted and killed. This is all in our lifetimes. This is yeah. not this is a hate history. crime. It's an old thing. You know what I mean? Mm. That's a little piece of toxic masculinity. A real man would eat the banana and, and dare someone cool. to say something to him about yeah. it. Yeah. Like, bro, I'm eating a banana. Don't be weird. Uh, Don't be weird about the next it. drill we're going to do today. <laughs> Seriously, exactly. And it's like a lot of people don't understand that. And a lot of people are using the term wrong, too. Like you said, yeah. they're attacking real masculinity. But I mean, mm. hell, that's why the women out here, that's why a lot of us are acting the way that we're acting. Talks, I mean, regular, real masculinity gets attacked. Men want to stop being masculine. Then women have to start being masculine, masculine. in their place. Yep. And then it's just all bad, man. Right. Then, like, where are the nurturing, loving women at? Right. They still, still need these. They still, just like strong men that protect have to be here, nurturing women who mm-hmm. love have to be here. Things have to be raised with love. Mm-hmm. And when it's all in balance, it's the most beautiful, amazing thing. And yeah. everyone's comfortable in their roles. Equal glory, different roles. Uh, it's an amazing thing. Yeah, for sure. As a, that's a whole nother podcast right there. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, no, that's what's up. That's fantastic that you said that. That's outstanding. Um, daily habits or rituals that you have that you believe, or just rituals and habits you have that you believe make you a better person and possibly better at your job. Um, I, try, I do a lot of self-reflection. A lot of self-reflection, like a ridiculous amount of self-reflection. Um, uh, I mean, I'm in a club six nights a week. Uh, when I leave the club, just from hearing all of that music, I don't want to hear any music anymore. So I ride mm-hmm. home on silent and I just think, I just think, I process. Um, I'm always constantly thinking about what I could have done better uh, for for a long time. I, I consider myself to be a not logical person because I didn't have that don't react voice. Um, and I actually, for a long time, I understood that I was not responsible enough to have a firearm. Um, wow. So I, I was unarmed security for a while. Yeah, I was unarmed security for a while because I was like, I just, I get too mad. 
I get mm-hmm. way too mad. And then I, I developed and I, I worked with that don't react voice for like about three years after that. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I think I'm ready. And it, I mean, it's been all good. Everything's been good. I, I waited until the appropriate time. But yeah, self-reflection. I do a yeah. lot of self-reflection because I feel like a lot of thoughts that are not logical at all or maybe mm-hmm. wouldn't occur to the average person go through my head. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoo, you're tripping. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to think about that for a second. You need to reassess that. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, for my self you know I always want to punch people in the face or something I definitely have to do that a lot Mm. like no it's good that you didn't punch this person today and this is why it was good and you know tomorrow you're gonna do better at not punching people (laughs) yeah you know so on and so forth (laughs) no I understand that's uh the conversation I would go so far as to say that's the conversation in most vets' heads for the first like <laughs> year for a while, you know. Uh, what so now you have a business? I saw something about expansion looking for other females. Let's talk about that a little real quick. This is shameless plug time. Where are you at? What are you doing now? Where can people find you? Um, okay, so I have lionspridesecurities.com. Man, I wish I had a, a, a card upstairs with me, but they're all the way downstairs. I'll anyway, put all your links um, on the final. I'll put all your links on the blog and everything. So Okay, nice. Well, yeah. awesome. So yeah, uh, Lions Pride Securities. Um, I actually have an, a strange amount of males interested uh, that they just want to train and do security. A lot of people are interested in security. Um, I don't answer many of them because I don't, you just never know with guys these days. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, keep the guard up. So, um, uh, I have uh, three females right now who I work with. Um, I'm in a college town, uh, so two of them are college students. Uh, we kind of have to get together when we can. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have one who I just got placed into a club as an additional spot with me and also as a replacement to a night, um, two nights that I gave up. Uh, so I actually got one, some employment, which I'm really, really happy for. I'm happy awesome. every time she gets paid. Like, yeah, girl. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I am looking for women. Uh, I, I want to be able to employ women and um, empower women. Yeah. Uh, typically, you know, going out and shooting once a week or going out and learning some type of fighting skills every now and then is not what most women are going to be doing. It's not in their hobby uh, list of things to do. So uh, even even the ones that don't work out for security, it's kind of a high turnaround. A lot of people think that they want to do security. And then when they get into the training aspect of it, they're like, oh, I didn't know I had to train. It's like, yeah. What you yeah. thought you were going to come in here and just... <laughs> Show up at the club. <laughs> and then when you have to actually restrain someone and actually like almost fight someone and actually not damage them and get them out of the club at the same time, it's just going to be all right. That's how it's going to be. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no, ma'am. Not going to work. Right. Um, so, yeah, even the ones that don't end up getting employment um, somewhere via myself, um, mm-hmm. I still like 
what I'm doing because, uh, you know, they've, they've had one more pistol lesson than they've ever had in their, in their life before, or they've had one lesson on a basic, how to, how to take a, how to release a choke from someone, mm-hmm. or, you know, they've done 10 more pushups than they've done ever before. They're more capable than they were yesterday. Yeah. Um, so I really like that aspect of, um, doing the female security, but just, like I said, I, I once people got familiar with my face and female security in this city, everybody realized that they needed female security. And it mm-hmm. was like, everybody was kind of like pulling this way, pulling one way. And it was like, guys, one person, like, mm-hmm. I have to start finding females for y'all and, and getting them properly trained and sending them out. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, this is just what I need to do. Like this is, I mean, every, what they say, every um, millionaire should have at least seven sources of income. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. training, training will definitely be one of the aspects that I cover. And I would like to kind of city hop with it a little bit. I have people from different cities, you know, oh, you need to come to Houston. I never see any female security in Houston. Mm -hmm. Or you need to come here. I never see any female security here. So I'm thinking that and taking out it was just going to be just a basic security female security guard training uh deal where they get placed kind of like staffing um in wherever needs them they reach out to me i I find a female for whatever the job is that you need um but now i would actually like to do some city hopping as well and kind of go from place to place and try and find um females you know maybe put out the word a few months ahead of time mm-hmm. uh, for females interested in doing security you know I would do my best to get you placed into a club and you know maybe have a contact list for a lot of the popular club owners in that city you know hey do you need female security maybe if I know this is the more tough club out of the ones that I have to choose from from in this city, then I know exactly which guard I need to send that's going to be capable of that specific job. Or maybe if it's a grown folks spot, you know, it's 25 up or 30 up or something like that. I know who is going to have the right touch for this place so that they, they're capable, but they bring that customer service aspect at the same time. Um, I would really like to do that for city to city. Uh, I mean, we have, we have club shootings happening all the time since this thing has happened has happened i have people send me links i've had so many links i've seen that has been the exact same story man with an ak-47 kills three people in a club something something and somebody sends it to me and they're like they need latoya and i'm like damn why can't they should have latoya you know like yeah. that, that sounds arrogant that sounds vain to say but they like, should have but no no it's fun you know Mm-hmm. someone capable of it doesn't always have to be a guy mm-hmm. you know just it, it can be a woman in in more than one scenario so you know maybe if i could furnish one of those women for you that has the proper training and she saved people's lives and i know that i had a little bit to do with helping and saving those people's lives that would be great for me to be able to do that. And like I said, like nowhere has female security, especially real female security that yeah. trains, shoots, fights, all of that. Yeah, that's outstanding. That's just, that's just fantastic. All of it. No, I really appreciate all that. That's good to hear your dream and good to hear your passion and um, good to see that there's a need that corresponds with that goal, you know, 
Uh, that's that's a fantastic place to be. Um, and it's it's good to see kind of the female protector that in you as you talk. I love that. It's much appreciated. Um, yeah. So online, where can people find you? Your Instagram, Trill Toya. Instagram, Trill Toya, T-R-I-L-L-T-O-Y-A. Um, I also have a page that is meant for everyone to be able to come together, um, kind of like the, the hip uh, two-way community, uh, you know, and all of the communities that surround us, the fighting community, the prepper community, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is Task Force Trill on Instagram. Okay. Uh, I encourage people to send me their training so that we can repost and show other people different types of training, open them up to different things, um, connect different people. Man, since going to SHOT Show, I've just connected mm-hmm. with so many like-minded people across the U.S. and it's really been awesome. So I would like to contribute to connecting more people. So yeah, Task Force Trill on Instagram, you can go and follow that or my personal page, Trill Toya. Mm-hmm. Um, email, you can reach me at lionspridesecurities at gmail.com. And also my YouTube is Task Force Toya, um, T-A-S-K-F-O-R-C-E-T-O-Y-A. Make sure they got it. Yes, That's what's up. Okay. <laughs> right and that an idea something i've done if you go to my website bravoresearchgroup.com you can go to the uh there's a tab there to join essentially my team and what i do is it's a google form if you look at it it's just a google form right there and it's a hasty interview so people can go on there they can give me their creds they can fill out a few interview questions and then i have on my back end a spreadsheet that's just steadily growing of applicants that want to get in the game, want to work with us. And so when I get jobs, uh, I can, um, I can uh, filter that list by geographic location, all the, you know, all the different things you can do with an Excel sheet. And then I back vet guys uh, through that form. Um, And so if you're looking for females, you know, it's the type of thing that you almost kind of almost always want to have, uh, a hook and line in the water, you know, so when people come in, you know, so you're acquiring a list and your list is growing. Uh, that's something I've found that has been really, and then you can point people to it. Like I'm doing right now. If you're listening to this podcast, go to Byron Rogers, go to the BRG website, Bravo research group website, and, uh, you'll see the link there on one of the pages. Uh, I think it says staffing or something like that. And, uh, Fill that form out, you know, so that's, that's a good way to start acquiring. Definitely. That's a great idea. Thank you. So it's been good talking with you, Toya. It's an honor. I'm glad we had this conversation. Yes, it's been great. It's been so fun. Absolutely. Good. I'm glad to hear that. So and that's it, girl. You take care out there. Stay, stay sharp, stay safe. I look forward to it's hearing well. more. Thank you. I look forward to hearing more good things about you and what you're doing. You've got a, you've got a, like a bright light about you. It seems like you love what you're doing and it seems like you're all about, you're all about what you do. And that's, that's rare in any industry. And I think that's going to carry you very far. So it's good to go. That's good stuff. Thank you. And my pleasure. All right. Until the next time we meet, take care out there. Stay sharp. All right. You too.
Boom. And to support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make America a safer place by teaching people how to protect themselves and the mindset behind that, the lifestyle behind that. You guys are already killing it. $1 a month. $5 a month, 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, whatever you can do that you know you would probably just lose in the mattress anyway or spend on McDonald's. Hey, you want to put it towards something that's going to good use? Put it towards a podcast and get involved in our, our Patreon account at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. If you want to find me, that's byronrogersmotivation.com. Um, you know, do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can to that Patreon account because it makes all of these things possible, ladies and gentlemen. So much love. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you for making those contributions. You guys rock. We're already doing amazing there, and it's just because of you guys. So thanks once again for those contributions. Boom. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode of Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast. This whole entire thing actually just started off as a Facebook group that blew up and is one of the fastest growing, if not the fastest growing executive protection uh, Facebook group online. So if you haven't joined the Facebook group, join the Facebook group. Uh, follow us on Instagram and check us out at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. If you want to find me, that's Byron Rogers Motivation. Com, and I'm on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as well. So until the next podcast, y'all, stay sharp out there. And as I say it, one mind, many weapons. Talk soon. Out.